enforcement notice, but a planning inspector has overturned it, saying it wasn't clear enough. Central Beds councillor Nigel Young says they reluctantly have to accept the decision. I'm very conscious that neighbours of Mr Shah will be extremely disappointed with the inspector's decision. At its most basic, uh, it's a difference of opinion between us and the inspector. He believes the development to be proportionate. We don't. An ethics investigator appointed by football's world governing body FIFA will meet the organisers of the 2022 World Cup today amid growing calls for Qatar to be stripped of the tournament. The meeting was arranged before fresh allegations of bribery surfaced this weekend. Qatar denies any wrongdoing. The NSPCC has increased its estimate of how much abuse was carried out by Jimmy Savile. In, a res- in research produced for the BBC, it suggests there are now 500 reports of abuse, with more of it than previously thought committed at Broadmoor Secure Hospital. Peter Watt is from the NSPCC. There's no doubt that Savile is one of the most, if not the most, uh, prolific sex offender that we at the NSPCC have ever come across. What you have is somebody who, at his most prolific, lost no opportunity to identify vulnerable victims and abuse them. The Church of England has voiced concerns about the route of the HS2 rail scheme. The Archbishop's Council is warning that plans for constructing the line will mean thousands of graves have to be moved. A comedian who tried to gatecrash England's World Cup departure at Luton Airport yesterday has been spoken to by police. Simon Brodkin was wearing an identical suit to those worn by the England party, but was spotted by Captain Stephen Gerrard. Bedfordshire police, who were assisting private security at Landmark Aviation, say Mr Brodkin was given some strong police advice. In sport, Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. The weather cloudy with some rain this morning, sunny intervals and showers this afternoon, a maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Oh, bum. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It has everything you could wish for. Good shops, character, life, nice people. It's all about where you live. There's lots of people around that we know. There's a really good sense of community. And all this week, we're featuring Stony Stratford. It's got character and you'll find something to do if you want to join in. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. Suddenly it's Monday and we're back inside the box. How did that happen? It was the weekend a minute ago. I used to be 24, you know. 24! I wasn't a very good 24-year-old. If I could do it again, I'd do it so much better. Coming up on the show this morning, police volunteers cause federation fears. Big houses, who wears the trousers? And days off for football. I don't get it at all. And the award for Best Menu of the Day goes to Catherine Boyle. Catherine, woo! Thank you. Just like to thank uh, Roald Dahl. There we go. Thank you very much. Not the Roald Dahl Museum, of course, a very disappointing venue. Very disappointing place. It's tiny and there's nothing there. Nice people, though. Very, very nice people. 08459 455. 555 is the telephone number. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I've decided this morning we're going to own music, so what better way to own music than with a song?
She's a wonderful lady and she's mine, all mine And there doesn't seem a way that she won't come and lose my mind It's too easy humming songs to a girl in yellow dress It's been a long time since the party and the room is in a mess The four kings of EMI are sitting stately on the floor There are birds out on the sidewalk and a ballet at the door to hide the being known as wonder girl is speaking i believe it's not easy trying to tell her that i shortly have to leave why don't you be at me why don't you stop and see why don't you hate who i hate kill who i kill to be free Interesting facts coming. Interesting facts. Drop, drop the drumsticks. There we go. Crazy, those guys. So. Stop it. That was the monkeys. That was that song was called... What was that song you called? Ke- you're not allowed to say it. Randy Scouse Kid. Oh. Right. Is that what it's called? That's what it's called. Uh, but when they, when they released it in the UK, they had to call it an alternate title. Uh, and where does the fra- that phrase come from? Them? No. Filler. Uh, Sorry? Scylla. No. Till death us do part. Yeah. Right. It was the son-in-law. Yeah, it was it was that. Sherry Booth's dad. And that was a that was a bigger hit in this country than Daydream Believer. What? what? And no one knows it. You see, ladies and gentlemen, full of fact. Oh, <laughs> full of something. How rude. How rude. Did you have a good weekend, girls? No, I was bored. <laughs> oh, Kels? Oh, you should have come out of me, Cass. Should have. Them kids hanging on. All <laughs> weekend. Well, Kelly did an interesting um, mime there. I'm not quite sure. She, oh. she was blowing up party balloons, I hope. Oh. I wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. She was. She threw a party and was, the, the balloons are blown up. Now, Hertfordshire Police is boosting its numbers. Yay! With volunteers. Huh? The force already has a fair few non-paid people working behind the scenes at its police stations, whether it's checking on the welfare of prisoners or running speed awareness courses. Or with the right training, of course. Uh, listen, we all know the police aren't made of money these days, so you can't blame them for looking for cheaper ways of doing things. The question is whether volunteers can ever take the place of paid employees. For John Prendergast from Hemel Hempstead, it's worked the other way round. Huh? Here he is talking to our reporter, Simon Watts. I previously worked for nine years in film and TV production and 
a few years ago, I decided that I wanted a career change, a better life for myself, for my family, more stability, and more importantly, to actually be able to do something that was um, was of some value and, and, and I felt gave me a real sense of, not a sense of purpose, but a sense of fulfilment and job satisfaction. So you volunteered for Hertfordshire Police, something you've done for a couple of years now. Tell us what you've been doing over that period of time. I started training a few years ago to become a special constable, so a volunteer police officer. Basically, it means that I was a police officer in in full police uniform. The public wouldn't know the difference between me and a regular police officer. And I worked in Watford alongside regular colleagues on the intervention team, so working on the team that responds to 999 calls, dealing with some special operations. So, for instance, I worked at um, Watford Football Stadium covering the football matches, I went to Luton and helped police one of the EDL marches. A wide range of duties, basically, during that course of time. Primarily, like I say, supporting regular colleagues on the intervention team. So going out in cars with colleagues responding to 999 calls, helping support them in their role, basically. And it must have been quite difficult for you in terms of managing your time there, because obviously you were still doing a full-time job, uh, intense hours working in television, and then in your spare time at weekends, which... I guess many people want to just put their feet up, but you were making a real commitment to the police even then. Absolutely. And it, and it did take some juggling with family life, certainly, to try and work a way around getting my hours in every month around my, my normal day job as well and having a family. But it was just so worth it in the end the value that you get from doing the job the the skills that you learn your interaction with your regular colleagues over that course of time as well the people who do the job on a day-to-day basis I was looking at this for the long term as a career change so going in as a special constable gave me a level of exposure to the police force that I would never have otherwise had enabled me to work out if that was actually something that I wanted to do in the long term and in the end it all proved worthwhile because uh, at the back end of this year you got up and opportunity to make a dramatic career change and and you're now going through the training to later this year become a a fully fledged police officer actually by this time next week i'll be a fully fledged police officer following the completion of my course and so for people listening who maybe fancy the idea of volunteering i guess people who come in at different levels some may not want a career in it others might look at you as a bit of an inspiration because you put that time in that time for free but at the end of it that there might be a career for you is it something that you're really pleased that you've done now I'm really pleased I've done it I was slightly skeptical at first because I was worried about fitting it in around my family life but having done it it was absolutely invaluable towards my future career I hope in policing <laughs>
Happy National Mama Cast Day, everybody. What are you doing to celebrate? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We're looking very quiet on the major routes so far this morning. M1 and M25 not started to get busy yet. Got some roadworks to watch out for in Bledsoe. The A6 is closed between Mill Road and Bourne End Lane. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, 6.15, it's Monday the 2nd of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire Police is launching a new campaign to attract volunteers to the force. They say it will get more people playing a part in keeping the county safe. The owner of a seven-bedroom home in Bedfordshire, which was ordered to be demolished as it didn't have planning permission, has won his appeal. And in sport, Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12... Nick Coffer brings you... Why did Wet 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 break up? You know, it, it surprised me that it, that it lasted so long, but I think there's always going to be something that trips you up. Great guests. A Milton Keynes charity is celebrating its fifth anniversary after changing many young people's lives. Great music. This is the drifters kissing in the back row of the movies. Hello to Adam, who has messaged me, so I'm playing some great tunes today. Great conversations. I'm in the library in Houghton Regis as part of our big tour. A lot of Houghton Regis was mainly 18th, 19th century. There was a big fire in the 1600s, which burnt the village out. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. So, in 1969, this guy recorded uh, two albums. that They sold nothing. They didn't sell anything at all. Except, I'll allow Catherine to pick up in the South story. In South Africa, where he was bigger than Elvis. Yeah. Who was this guy? And why was he tapping into the zeitgeist that was the apartheid regime when he'd never even been there? And Tag Team Kelly. And... All those albums that were sold that he didn't know about in, because right. he, he didn't realise... Right. You, you didn't watch the film, did you, Kelly? Yeah, I did. I'm just bad at explaining things. Okay, so, so what was your favourite bit of the film? Um, I really liked it when the, he was on the phone and found out that he was alive. Who? Uh, Sugarman. You didn't watch Rodrigo's. the film. Yeah, Rodrigo's, he, he was on the phone. Rodrigo's. Uh, <laughs> you didn't watch the film. Catherine, you watched the film oh reluctantly. I watched the film and then some. Yeah, you were reluctant to watch it. I had to bully you on the text to watch it. Well, I felt like I'd seen it, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, In real time. And then I get a little text. I've been crying for the that last 20 minutes. so sad, though, wasn't it? But do you know what you missed out? What? The fact that this guy had gone back and he was working on it. You know, in the dirtiest, grimiest jobs, he had no idea yeah. that he'd had such a massive impact on people's lives. Yeah. He's sort of trudging around in the snow in Michigan. Yeah. This very poor Mexican guy. His par- his kids knew that he was a principled man and he really wanted to stand up for those who couldn't stand up for themselves. Hang on a second. But he thought he'd never Hang made on. it. Cass making the film more boring than I, I was going to say, was I that boring when I, when I was banging I on know, about I it? I thought it was all about lost, oh my goodness, lost potential and not realising how much of an impact you make on the world, which I think we can all identify with. Isn't it, I think you pick, this is it, I think the film, you you pick up what you want to pick up yeah. from it. Yeah. And the, what I picked up was because I made two albums in 1969 that sold nothing whatsoever, apart from in South Africa where they were huge. You picked up on the uh, lost, the uh, undiscovered potential. Yeah. And Kelly didn't watch it. I picked up. Um, she went out. Something else on. Sorry. 
Anyway, you can watch on Catch Up, BBC Four. It was on again last night. I taped it last night. Set the old VHS to oh. record. Did you really record it, or yeah. did you not just press? No, I set the VHS to record it. Set the time. I'm the only one that can work the timer in my house. Dad's tape. Do not record over. Do not tape. Like you come back one day, flipping EastEnders and MasterChef is taped on it. Who taped over Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> Does my head in. 08459 four double five five double five. Yeah. 
Happy National XTC Day, guys. What are you doing to celebrate? Now, if you've ever tried to modify your house, even in the smallest way, you'll be familiar with the sorts of hoops that planning laws make you jump through. So how come someone's been allowed to build what's basically a new seven-bedroom house in Barton the Clay when they only have permission to extend the existing property? The difference is quite radical. You can see it for yourself on our Facebook page. And maybe you'll understand why Central Bedfordshire Council told Said Raza Shah he'd have to demolish the whole thing. He successfully appealed that decision and he's been talking to our reporter Tony Fisher about what went on. We were granted permission, that's right, to build five metres on the side and to build a pitch roof on the, on, on the top of the house, which is what I did. Um, I didn't exceed the width. I stayed within those five metres. I didn't exceed the height. In fact, we were actually two inches below the height level. You, you got permission, according to the council, to uh, increase the floor space by about 45% in 2011. That's right. Council say the work equated to more like a 200% increase. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, the inspectorates, if you study the inspectorates report, who's come and have viewed the property and had a look at it, I mean, he's, he's stated about 20%, 25%. Once again, it was not affecting... affecting um, the Greenbelt area, because we hadn't increased in height nor width. What I'd done in the front of the house, um, I've got no neighbours, you know, which it was affecting. So you, you, you'd increased in the front and the back, but not in the height or the width? Height or width. I, what, I'd, what I'd increased was the balconies, just to make it more aesthetically pleasing. But do you accept that you, you did increase the floor space by much more than what had originally been agreed? Not 200%. I've always put my hands but up. But you had increased it by more than it had been originally agreed? Yes. By how much more? According to the inspector's report, about 23%. So you, you had exceeded what the original agreement? Yes. So you knew you were effectively pulling a fast one? No, I was not pulling a fast one because we hadn't. What, I, what I'd done, the, the balconies, etc., is what we'd done, it would have increased. So they don't really come into the floor space. Oh, so because you were doing a balcony, you didn't think that came into the floor space? Yeah. But you got away with it, haven't you? Because the council's wording was wrong. No, the council's wording was not wrong. The council was incompetent. The council said you built a new house. You hadn't built a new house. You'd basically... The, st- the foundations of the old house were still there. You just extended the old house. We extended the old And this is what when we asked for retention of extensions. But do you feel like you've got away with it? Got away with what? Because you extended your house to more than the agreed limit. I don't think I've got away with anything, to be honest with you. But do you accept that had the council got the enforcement notice, the wording in the enforcement notice correct, then you probably would have had to have demolished the house? No. I think the demolition um, notice was very, very excessive. Now that it's all over, how do you feel? I I feel I'm very happy. We We can live in peace now. Well, that's our reporter Tony Fisher speaking to Mr Shah and this is what some people in Barton think about it. A lot of local people lot that I know of are not happy with what he's done up on that hill. It stands out like a sore thumb. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, to be honest. It's, uh, it's not ugly. I think he's done a great job. Most people that I've spoken to feel that it does look quite nice actually, but it's the way they've got away with doing with what they've done. It does look quite smart from the road and it's not something that stands out uh, looks looking bad or anything like that, but it's just the fact that the rules are all the rules and uh, he's done what he's wanted to do. We'll put the pictures on the Facebook page. I, I, I know what it's like when you, when you get um, building work done or you do a little bit of a modification or a loft conversion or you, you add a little bit. 
you ha- I'll flip it. You have to do so much work to make sure that you you do it properly. I got stung for replacing a bathroom, which had uh, completely leaked through the entire flat. So I had to replace floors and put new um, a new bathroom in, and I had to pay retrospective planning permission for that. We when we did a loft conversion in our last house, um, it went on for flipping ages, flipping ages, and they kept, they kept coming back. The the building inspector guy kept coming back and back and saying, "They've done this wrong. Why have you not done this?" And in the end, the last thing he wouldn't sign it off because we had the wrong type of light bulbs in. He said, you've got to change the light bulbs. I said, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do, it, I'll do it this afternoon. Can you sign it off? No, I'll have to come back in a I month. see for myself. You can kind of understand why people in a situation like that would just do it. It's funny, because I don't... I, oh, my chair fell back then. Did you see that? I don't care either way, but part of me thinks, oh, he got away with it. Oh, he got away with it. And that's what's getting me angry. Beyond anything else, I mean, you know, people there saying, oh, he looks quite nice and he looks great and good luck to the fella. But there's just a sense that, oh, he got away with it. Makes mugs of the rest of us who do it by the book, doesn't it? I'll tell you what, 08459 455 555. When have you ever shouted at the wrong... uh, (laughs) When have you ever ever gotten away with it? There we go. Let's put that out there and shouted at the wrong person simultaneously. Let's do that. Ever shouted at the wrong person, Kelly? What? 08459 455 555 is the... Oh! Oh! And congratulations to Catherine Boyle. On? Con- on being the best mummy in the world. Do you know what Kath's doing? No, I'm oh. not. Do you know what Kath's going to do, Kels? I'm not oh. doing it. She is going to... Her little girl, one of her little girls, wrote an oh. adorable note. Oh. An adorable note. Don't do this on air. Saying, please... I mean, please. well... Plez, plez. Plez, plez, plez. Can I have cut a lot? Cut, plez. She did it in a really subtle way, though. I yeah. love you and I love cats. Yeah. Plez, can I have one? She plez, wrote plez. a note saying, plez, plez, can I have a cat? And I've been... Um, Catherine was unsure, as we all are, when we were talking about bringing a new life into the world um, and into our home. And so I sent her lots of pictures of kittens <laughs> and I wrote cute messages. Oh. Some of them were misspelled. And then I wrote, excuse the spelling, I'm only little. Oh, please, please, please buy me. I'm still getting them from your followers as well. Thank please, you. yeah. Oh, if you want to uh, at three CR Kate, if you uh, <laughs> send her pictures of cats, that would make her day. Just help her choose which one she's going to get. So, please tell us when are you going to get one? Okay, one. Oh, you gonna get one? Get your one. little girls want them. My husband hates them. Forget him. Uh, he doesn't need to know. I think he'll notice. He won't notice. All right, I'll work on it. Yay! Cats getting the cats. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound starting to build up now between Junction 12 for Flittick and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Also on the speed sensors, the A1M southbound starting to look busy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Public transport, that's all looking good. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Hertfordshire Police is launching a new campaign to attract volunteers to the force. The Police Federation say they welcome the strategy so long as it doesn't impact upon more specialist frontline services. The owner of a seven-bedroom home in Bedfordshire, which was ordered to be demolished as it didn't have planning permission, has won his appeal. Side Raza Shah's controversial house in barton le Clay was issued with an enforcement notice, but a planning inspector has overturned it, saying it wasn't clear enough. And the NSPCC has increased its estimate of how much abuse was carried out by Jimmy Savile. In research produced for the BBC, it suggests there are now 500 reports of abuse, with more of it than previously thought committed at Broadmoor Secure Hospital. 
Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. Kelly Smith opened the scoring. Unbelievable performance by the team. It wasn't the most entertaining game, best spectacle I've played in, but full credit to the team today. We turned up, we've had a lot of critics at the beginning of the season, but hopefully we've proved some people wrong. This could be the turning point now in our season. I'm just thrilled for everybody involved, the staff, Shelley. Obviously it was her last game, so obviously we did it for her really. Paralympic gold medalist Hannah Cockcroft set a new world record at the Bedford International Games yesterday. Her record came in the wheelchair 1,500 metres as she finished fifth in a mixed race. Elsewhere, there were wins for Milton Keynes duo Joey Duck and Rachel Gibbons in the women's 200 metres and pole vault, whilst Nigel Levine returned to his hometown to win the 400 metres. Andy Murray will play Fernando Vadasco in the last 16 of the French Open today. Yesterday, Murray beat Philippe Kohlschreiber 12-10 in the deciding set after the match was carried over into a second day. Roger Federer, though, is out. Watford's unbeaten Olympic champion Anthony Joshua could fight Bedford veteran Matt Skelton in his next professional fight. Joshua stopped Milton Keynes' Matt Leg in the first round. In the first fight on the Frotch Groves undercard at Wembley on Saturday, his legs trainer Mervyn Turner. You know, Matt Skelton's a rough, tough boxer. Mm. And um, although he's getting on in years, he, he will give Joshua... A, a, a good test um, because I'd like to see Joshua's team chin tested. And a player auction for the UK's first ever National Badminton League is being held in Milton Keynes today. Six teams, including Milton Keynes, will play on monthly match nights to be broadcast live on television. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. All right, guys. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. One thing we ain't never going to be is respectable. Respectable. One thing I ain't never going to be is a cat owner. Get a cat. The no- not allowed one. I'm not allowed one. Come on. Like one. Who says you're not allowed one? Well, I fid- let me fiddle with him. my chair. Him. What does he, he know doesn't about like them. He doesn't like them, but they love him as a result. Really? Yeah, because not staring at a cat, he ignores them. For them, it's a come on. So they end up draped <laughs> round his neck, pouring at his legs. It's a cat come on. It is. It's like, it's a come hither. Get a cat, honestly, it's the best thing you'll ever do. I really like one. Players. Oh, players. <laughs> I really like one, and it's the right time, because my house is a right old state because of the kids. Yeah. So there's nothing to ruin. Yeah. Um, I would love one. Why, now, when you say he hates them, is he allergic? No, Right, okay. He's not allergic. Okay. And he just doesn't like them. And his mum doesn't like them. Is he scared she looks of... after the kids a lot and she won't ever come in the house again. Is he scared it's going to go up the chimney? Uh, he's, sh- he's just scared it's going to be in his house. But what's it going to do that's going to offend him so much? Intimidate him. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> By staring at him while he looks away. Okay, listen. We, we, we often it's like say, gorillas in the mist. <laughs> cat, cat owners, g- g- give, call up now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five, and please tell uh, Kath why she has to get a cat. It's please, the be- It's the best thing in the world. It's the best thing in the world. It's even better than you know, having a, a content husband. The girls imagine the look on the girls' faces when you come home and you open a little jiffy bag and out comes a cat. Oh. That's how it works. Is that how it works? Comes through the post. The postman comes. Can I get one where you just add water? <laughs> you, pretty much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five or five. We'll have a look at the papers in a bit. In no time, you'll be found. Don't worry. 
ridiculous discussion. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm having a ridiculous discussion with Catherine Boyle it's here no about ridiculous. this this um, soldier who has um, been released after five and a half years in Afghanistan, being held by the Taliban. Oh, that's got to hurt. Tortured and all sorts. Yes, by looks that's of it. literally got to hurt. Uh, and uh, his dad. I don't know the background of his dad, both ethnic and religious, because I, 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 when I first saw him with the long flowing beard, I thought that was the soldier. So did I. And he keeps um, uh, talking in Pashto, which I believe is the uh, language of the, the people that were holding him, um, and saying, sorry, son, I, I hope you haven't forgotten English. I hear you're struggling with English. Mm. You don't forget English after five and a half years. I think he's been trained. I think that they've said to him, look, this is the situation. You're going to get back a very damaged son. And yeah. you, to make it easier, you might have to learn a few phrases. Because I, I think you can forget your own language after. I mean, no. he's been in an extremely traumatic situation. He was well. unwell anyway. I, the, 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 I've been looking at this. I've been following this quite with, with keen interest. It, the, it is r- rumoured that he was unwell when he got captured because he kind of just wandered out of the base without any guns or anything. Just went for a, a, a walk. Uh, a completely unregulated walk, and that's how he got captured. Mm. So he, he's possibly damaged goods anyway, and obviously five and a half years in, a ca- in captivity. He certainly is now. It isn't going to help. But I don't... You can't forget um, English. You can. you can. How? When I lived in Spain for six months, and France to a certain degree, oh, because you don't translate anymore. When you're actually living in this... You can't. Otherwise, you would um, be lagging behind the conversation the whole time. So you yeah. f- kind of flip a switch in your head and you think in that language. You end up dreaming in that language. You don't. You, you do. do not dream in foreign. Yes, you do. No one dreams in foreign. Yes, you do. You d- that is nonsense. And I'd be on the phone to my mum and I'd forget right. words like window. Oh, or right. I would forget words. Was, okay. And that's after six hang months. Hang on. Hang on a second. Let me just speak to Kelly. Kelly. Hello. Have you ever, have you ever dreamt in a foreign language? No. Th- see. Speak. Yeah, but you have to be able see? to speak a foreign language in the first place. You moron. <laughs> Well, do you know, if that's the best you can make of the, the English language, then shame on you. Maxine? Yeah? Have you ever dreamt in a foreign language? Uh, no. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. You yeah, see? but you have to be living there and absorbing it. That, that's what happens. Have you, Maxine, have you ever absorbed it? I'm all the work, sorry. You've called in about um, cats. I have, yeah. Go on, what, you, you, want Cass, you, you want Cass to buy a cat? Definitely, yeah. I've got two cats, and it's a well-known fact that if you're stressed, it distresses you? Yes, definitely. What, uh, what? De-stresses. Oh, de-stresses. I thought you meant distress. De-stress. Okay. It does, doesn't it? It re- relaxes you. It does, yes. How many cats have you got, Maxine? Two cats. We've already had two, yep. so they keep each other company. So you need to get two cats, Catherine. Oh, two. two. I two think that cats. might be adding insult to injury. In fact, they're good names. Maxine, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you go because it's, it's not the best line. He hates them. He hates them. But he does. The thing is, my what, mum's not crazy about them either, and her mum had loads of cats when she was a kid. And does your mum live in your house? No. No, but you know, no. They, they do their lion's share of the childcare. Listen, no one, no one, not even Saddam Hussein, Adolf Hitler, or whoever it is we hate these days. With they, they said, imagine Saddam Hussein, right? He's got, he's with Mrs. One of the Mrs. Husseins. Let's say number twenty-six, right? And he says to her, "I don't want cat." I do not want cat in house. And then he comes home one day, this is before he died, he comes home one day after a busy day, you know, d- d- being nasty, and there's a... Oh, this lovely, cute cat in house! I did not want cat, but I love these cats, so cute in my house! You little boy, a little monster! You can't do that. You can't... That's what used to happen in the olden days. Yeah. If it would melt Saddam Hussein's heart, as we saw from that reconstruction, it would melt your fella's heart. It, remi- it reminds me of a story my granddad used to tell about when they bought a dog. Well, he bought a dog. Yeah. Grandma had said she didn't want one, she didn't want one, she didn't want one. He went and bought one. Yeah. And they 
he produced it from under his coat, this little boxer what? dog puppy. Tiny. Yeah. And she said, we don't, we're not keeping this. And they looked down and it was really cute and her heart started to melt. And then it weed all over the floor. Yeah. Do- dogs are different. You don't work with dogs. Don't work with dogs. Oh, you got that. did not want you, but I love Kids you so are much. so cute though, aren't they? Lynn. Great accent, Ian. Thank Who you. are you supposed to be? Well, well, it, I, I was Saddam Hussein, but since that all went pear shaped, the the, the, bo- the bottom has fallen out of the Saddam Hussein um, impersonation market. I used no, to go it was to great. I used to it go to a... parties and pretend to be him. Did you? That's cash. Sad, isn't it? Yeah. What would you like to say, Lynn? Lynn's calling me. I'd like me to say sad. that Catherine could get a cat. Thanks for You've calling. You've got oh, a cat, haven't you? I have got a cat, Velvet. Yes. Anyone can get a cat, then. No, no. Is that what you're saying? No, because I got, I've had two cats. Oh, yeah. One lasted, I had to have him put down when he was 20. Oh, blimey. And it was only because my partner died at home. Oh. And I kept him here for a few hours. Yeah. And the cat wouldn't leave him, so oh. he wouldn't eat, he kept looking for can, him. Can I just, can I just, there's a worried look on Catherine's face. We, we do not, we are not saying that if you get a cat, your partner will die. That's not what no, you're saying, is it, Lynn? But they're sensitive. Because of a, he didn't die because no. of a cat. No, he had the, cancer. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to it hear that. It wasn't the cat's fault. No, cause that's good to know. That's, I'm glad that's cleared up. So that's so that, that worry cat. out of your way. But you had I that had, cat, and then did you have another one? I've got another one. I've had him for 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. His name was Dizzy. Oh, yeah. And I've got a cat now that I've had for 11 years. Yeah. His name's Whoops. 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 Sort of Rupert, but Whoops. Whoops. But I'll tell you what he does. Does he do whoops? Yes. He does do that. He actually yeah. pees all over the house as well, which is a bit unpleasant. This is sounding like great fun. <laughs> but I'll tell you what he does do. Yes, my love. What he does is yeah. he's really clever. Yeah. I live in a little tiny one-bedroom house. Yes. Got a little wall outside. Oh, yeah. And if he's out, he actually knocks on the door. There we go. Knocks on the door. He knocks on the door with his little paws. Oh. Yeah. And I'm quite poorly sometimes. Oh, I end yeah. up in hospital. Yeah, yeah. And he's so clever, I live in a little tiny cul-de-sac. Yeah. And he goes and knocks on a neighbour's door. There you go, you see. Lynn, thank you. You see? That's a sad... Saddest cat story. It's beautiful. Do you think, if you've got a cat now, you probably... You could, there's a chance you could still have that cat when you were pushing 60. How cool is that? Oh, players get one. Bring it in. <laughs> I'll get you one. It's your birthday. I'll get you one. I'll get no, you one. No, no, I'll get you one. Don't, don't. Kels, it's her birthday. Should we get her one? Yeah, let's get her a cat. It's Kels. your birthday. We'll get your cat. We'll, we'll leave it to us. Can we call it Plez? Yeah, Plez. Oh. Don't worry. Listen, leave it to us. Catherine, you haven't got to worry. It's your birthday coming up. Your 40th birthday. No. We'll get you a cat. It's not my 40th. It's, well, I'll never make the 40th if we get a cat. Kels, leave yeah. it to me. We'll look on um, eBay or something. Okay, I'll do it now. Nice one. Thanks very much indeed. Excellent. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Anyone got a cat to sell? <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Then the M1 itself, London bound, looking really heavy at the moment between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. The A1M southbound, that's busy too, between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.45 exactly. It's uh, Monday the 2nd of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Hertfordshire Police is launching a new campaign to attract volunteers to the force. They say it will get more people playing a part in keeping the county safe. The owner of a seven-bedroom home in Bedfordshire, which was ordered to be demolished as it didn't have planning permission, has won his appeal. And in sport, Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. 08459 455 555. We will have a look at the papers in a bit. But before that, Plez, let's get the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather cloudy start to the new working week, but despite this cloud coverage and all these outbreaks of rain that we're likely to see through the course of the day, it is still going to feel potentially quite warm. The air is coming from the southwest. It's quite humid, but also quite moist. We've already had some rain this morning, some heavier bursts mixed in there. It's just making its way eastwards at the moment, just about leaving uh, parts of Hertfordshire. Uh, But as we head into the afternoon, we're likely to see one or two potentially quite heavy showers build up as well. Now I'm not ruling out the sunshine completely. We will still get some bright spells perhaps a break or two in the cloud but that's going to help to warm the air up and eventually uh, create those showers. But the minimum, the maximum temperature rather we're looking at still warm around 19 Celsius so still potentially uh, feeling fairly hot. Now overnight tonight we're hanging on to the cloud. We've also still got one or two showers through the night. We could see a bit of mist start to form particularly out towards places like the Chilterns for example but the minimum temperature relatively mild 12, 13 Celsius, not dropping down too far at all. Tomorrow, a bit of a repeat performance, perhaps a bit more murky tomorrow morning, and more of a chance of a bright or sunny spell, but in turn, that's going to create those scattered showers. The maximum temperature for Tuesday, 18 Celsius, 64 degrees in Fahrenheit. Yeah, my respect, boss, yeah? Three County Sport on Monday night is a little bit different. (laughs) We bring you a look at different sports across beds, hearts and bucks. And tonight, we're getting closer to the action than ever before. So my wrist was across his windpipe and strangling him. We've been in Aylesbury to meet Caroline Kinane, who's brilliant at judo. And I got a bit closer than you did, Jeff. And now she's on top of him. Find out how Luke got on at judo against Caroline Kinane, who's off to the Commonwealth Games. You have a feeling of just utter helplessness. Tonight from six, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. The next song... The next song was supposed to be this... You know this is, Kath? Um, I bet it's good in person, you know, yeah. in concert with some lights and that. It's the new... Coldplay. It's Coldplay. And there is no way we're playing a Coldplay song. We're not playing a Coldplay song. What else can we play then? Well, we've got, I've, I've told Kelly we're not playing a Coldplay song, so she's queued up another song for me. Uh, hey. We're not playing a Coldplay song. Uh, oh, especially not this one. What the f... We're not playing this. When you try oh, for oh, God's sakes. I think she wants us to play Coldplay. It's not happening. Oh. I quite like that one. No, I don't mind that one, actually, but it's the principle of the thing now. How it dies. Oh, f- it's... This one reminds me of Alan Partridge's next one. All right, I'll, I'll put one in. Okay. You're in trouble, girl. You're welcome. Thank you. Loving you is the right thing to do. 
seen uh, Kelly Betts playing the limpest air guitar <laughs> ever. It's like you were, were you were holding a salami, a floppy salami, and <laughs> gently strumming it like Jose Feliciano style. That was rubbish. Well, I know you were watching. I'd put more effort. Yeah, well, you should. Do. There's always always suspect there's an audience. Oh, okay. And work it, baby. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Captain Boyle is in my studio. Yes. Which is always... There's nothing in the papers, is there? Well, you say so that. something that's been annoying me all weekend. Yeah, go on. All this talk about giving people the day off to watch... Is there some football going on? The World Cup fever is in the air. <sighs> Isotonic means it's imbalanced with your body fluids. I'd like to watch Cash in the Attic. No one gives me time off to watch that. There is talk, isn't there? And I, I was at Sky yesterday and I had a, um, a woman in. Uh, I think she may have been uh, an expert. Uh, saying that bosses... What do you mean? Well, I just... An I, expert on what? I don't know, people bunking off work. I don't quite know what she was <laughs> okay. there for. All right, I get you. But she, she was saying, the reason she was booked was that saying that bosses should be more flexible when it comes to the World Cup. But it was like it was compassionate leave or something, oh. the way they were going on. Because the matches are on late at night, aren't they? Because yeah. it's, it's abroad. Yeah. So the, I think the England match on Saturday is at 11 or something like that. I don't know. I don't. Um, I mean, I'll be I'll be taping them all. Don't tell me. Don't no spoilers. Uh, but so people will be going into work a little bit tired or a little bit late. Um, yeah. Um, uh, let me think. Tough. You're a grown up. Get yeah. your priorities straight. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what it's all about. But they were talking about. Oh, it's only right that employers make sure that there are televisions available. And why? Well, hang on, but that wouldn't work. Well, that's the only people. It's on at night time. Yeah. So if you're working at night, say you've got no one a, a works responsible. At night. People work at night. No one works we at night. We virtually work at night. What are you talking well, about? we work in the morn. Anyway, uh, I think it's a silly idea. 08459 455 555. Should people be allowed to uh, have uh, have it off over the World Cup? And do you know people who've bunked off? I know people who've bunked off to uh, to watch um, what is essentially a game. There's, we'll, we'll, look, can we get the person phoning in that always phones in radio stations during these, these conversations and says, yeah, I bunked off school or work, uh, and then the next day I went and I got in trouble because there was a close-up of me uh, in the audience. <laughs> yeah. all, that we all, people always do that phone call. So if you want to do that phone call where you say you bunked off school or work to go and see a football match and you got in trouble with your headmaster or boss because they showed a shot of you uh, on the television, 08459 bunking off and found out? I nearly swore then. <laughs> I nearly said flip it. Yeah, flip it, yeah. Let's do that. Because I never bunked off, so I'd like to know what that felt I, like. I didn't bunk off school. I wish... This is... this is And kids, if you're listening, I know that you're going back to school today, so, you know, this is not the official line of the BBC. But looking back, the, the, my one major regret is that I didn't bunk off school. You would have got into trouble. Yeah, I'd probably still end up here. You wouldn't have bunked off and read an edifying book? No, or... I'd have bunked off and um, had a few bevies, <laughs> gone down the shop. Made a show of yourself? Yeah, I'd have, been, I'd have been a plum and it would have been wonderful because that's what children should be. They should be plum. I'm not saying when I was like six, <laughs> but when I was 14, 15, 16, I wish I'd bunked off. I don't think I ever bunked off school. I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Kelly? I've never bunked off school. I don't believe that for a second. Your life is one big bunk off. (laughs) But one time I was really ill at school and the matron had to take me home. The matron? Yep. And uh, she drove... (laughs) What? The matron? She she drove me home. Yeah. And on the the route home, we saw all these children that were bunking off school. (gasps) And she was going, oh, no, that one, yep. No, hang on a second, right? If I'd have told that story, you'd have both gone, oh, yeah, great story. You tell it, and you do the the gasp of incredulity. But, but it was not a very good story. Yeah, but I liked I liked how she used matrim. That had me. Matrim. She had me at matrim. Um, she did say matrim, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she did. Yeah. 
But it's still a gasp of incredulity at that story. Well, but if I told the story, you know, oh, yeah. I just wonder how how ill you've got to be for Matron to take you home, because with me, she'd just stick me in sick bay all afternoon. So what's the sick bay? <laughs> yes. Were you, were you in, in, in a war zone or something? So what's, what are we asking people? Bunking off and getting B- found out. Bunking off and getting found out, and should you have time off work to, to watch the World Cup? Say one thing for Charles Saatchi. He knows how to rock a look, doesn't he? Well, he's got one look and he's working He's it. got... Listen, and I... You know, who knows what goes on in the, uh, the, the mind of Charles Saatchi and the mind of the ladies that he does woo and make cry so... <laughs> uh, but he, he wears the same outfit. And I, I would do that. I, I went through a thing of doing something kind of similar to that. Uh, he's got the same kind of white pressed shirt with the button done up at the top there and the sort of blue jacket. He, and, and that's in every picture when he's um, not being rude to a woman and making her cry, because who knows? I, I don't know At how litigious he is. At least that's how it appears. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing that outfit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just go, please, please change clothes. Wear something different. Yeah. I wonder if he's, he opens his wardrobe and there's just, there's just some white shirts, I, some black trousers. I kind of respect jackets. that a bit. Wednesday. Wow, <laughs> Catherine. Yeah, uh, yes, Bed's Hearts and Bucks heard your stomach. <laughs> That's outrageous. I am woman here, my stomach roar. Wowzers, in, in numbers too big to ignore. Can you believe it's actually a song? Yeah. Apart from the stomach bit. Um, I've never heard that song. Have you not? No, I only quoted. I am woman, hear me roar in num- We'll play it in the next hour. Oh, good. We'll play it in the next hour. It's, who is it? It's um, not Helen Keller. Neil Sedaka. No, it's not Neil Sedaka. It's the woman. She gets up and sings with Neil Diamond at the Love of the Greek concert. Is it oh. Helen Keller? No. Helen Reddy. Oh. Helen Reddy. I was going to say Carol King. Nope. It's Helen Reddy. She's a Helen Reddy's got a great voice. Okay, well, um, play me that song. In uh, I tell you what, guys, seven thirty-five. We're going to be playing "I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar" by Helen Reddy. Anyway, there was a point that I was making, and you've completely made me forget it now. And wearing the same clothes. Wednesday. Yes. We're all wearing the same clothes. Are you in <laughs> black shoes, blue jeans, pink top, green jacket? No. Why would I do that? To be part of the that team. combination doesn't work. That's like you've been dipped in glue and rolled through the dressing-up box. Come on, we're inviting all of the listeners to do this. All of the team, including Catherine, will be doing this. It's, it's a little bit fun, it's a little bit bonkers. It's, it's, it's what we do here. We're a little bit wacky. Um, so, uh, Fill your boots, your mismatched boots. <laughs> they're, well, they're, they're supposed to be black shoes, not boots. Really? Yeah, yeah. Gosh. A bit like the minder. People still do that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound, very slow between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. Also the M25 anti-clockwise, struggling between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Also very heavy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Also on the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound, heavy going as you head towards Waltham Cross. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, just a quick question. Uh, Nicola, who was filling in for you last week, has she been sacked yet? No. Well, can we, can we, can we do that? I'll put a word in. Put a, word, put a word in. Get us out. I thought she was very disrespectful to me and the listener and, and travel in general. Thank you very much, Alice. Thank you. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, more volunteers for Hertfordshire Police, controversial Bedfordshire House can stay, and comedian gate crashes England's Luton Airport departure. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire Police is launching a new campaign to attract volunteers to the force. They say it will get more people playing a part in keeping the county safe. The Police Federation say they welcome the strategy, so long as it doesn't impact upon more specialist frontline services. John Prendergast from Hemel Hempstead spent two years years working as a volunteer and completes his training programme next week to become a fully fledged officer. The value that you get from doing the job, the skills that you learn, your interaction with your regular colleagues over that course of time as well, the people who do the job on a day-to-day basis. I was looking at this for the long term as a career change so going in as a special constable gave me a level of exposure to the police force that I would never have otherwise had. The owner of a seven bedroom home in Bedfordshire which was ordered to be demolished as it didn't have planning permission has won his appeal. Side Raza Shah's controversial house in barton le Clay was issued with an enforcement notice, but a planning inspector has overturned it, saying it wasn't clear enough. Mr Shah denies he simply got away with it because Central Bedfordshire Council's wording was wrong. No, the current council's wording was not wrong. The council was incompetent. But do you feel like you've got away with it? Got away with what? Because you extended your house to more than the agreed limit. I don't think I've got away with anything, to be honest with you. The organisers of the 2022 Qatar World Cup will hold a meeting with a FIFA investigator today amid growing calls for the country to be stripped of the right to hold the tournament. A report in the Sunday Times alleged covert payments of millions of pounds had been made to officials who backed Qatar's bid. Allegations it denies. The meeting was arranged before the latest allegations. The NSPCC has increased its estimate of how much abuse was carried out by Jimmy Savile in response Research produced for the BBC, it suggests there are now 500 reports of abuse, with more of it than previously thought, committed at Broadmoor Secure Hospital. Peter Watt is from the NSPCC. There's no doubt that Savile is one of the most, if not the most, uh, prolific sex offender that we at the NSPCC have ever come across. What you have is somebody who, at his most prolific, lost no opportunity to identify vulnerable victims and abuse them. The Church of England has voiced concerns about the route of the HS2 rail scheme through Buckinghamshire. The Archbishop's Council is warning that plans for constructing the line will mean thousands of graves have to be moved. A comedian who tried to gatecrash England's World Cup departure at Luton Airport yesterday has been spoken to by police. Simon Brodkin was wearing an identical suit to those worn by the England party but was spotted by Captain Stephen Gerrard. Bedfordshire Police, who were assisting private security at Landmark Aviation, say Mr Brodkin was given some strong police advice. In sport, Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. The weather cloudy with some rain this morning, sunny intervals and showers this afternoon, a maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks It's a time where people want to work together to make the best of what we have and to support each other And all this week we're featuring Stony Stratford Got the Lice High Street which is really local so everything you need really It's all about where you live It's a, a friendly place with so much going on and it's attractive as well The Big Tour from BBC Three Counties Radio Morning, 
this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning, including police volunteers, a big house and days off for football. Other little side issues include uh, when have you bunked off and why and should cat get a cat? I'm calling you cat now. That seems to be sticking, which is cute. Uh, and you're going to get a cat. No, I can't get a cat. Why? Not a loud Please. one. Please. <laughs> Stop you. I'm a little cat. I like, I like to eat fish. I'm not a loud one. Yeah. Man up, Boyle. Man up. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Here we go. Lentes Radio. Here we go. Catherine, got some tech. David in Marsh Farm. Catherine, I know a lady who has a kitten. Oh. She wants rehomed. Oh. Contact Donna on 07... No, 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 don't give the number out. You don't want everyone else getting it. Eee, the cat's a little girl. Oh, I would really like one. Yeah. Not loud. Please. Uh, then Leslie in Watford is... Oh, for goodness sakes. Do not believe a cat can't ruin your home. What is this anti-cat propaganda? Thanks, I thought this Leslie. stuff this is was. What I need to hear. I thought this stuff was outlawed. You will need to replace all carpets and furnishings, no matter how many scratching posts you have. And heaven help you if you don't move quickly enough to suit the creature. What does that mean? That's that's they nonsense. They go where they're like. Leslie is um, probably a dog owner, certainly a cat hater. Leslie's probably not even her real name. Coward, a coward, and a bigot. Something else I don't... Uh, the reason why I can't have a cat is that I am moral, I morally object to releasing an animal out into the wild to defecate in your neighbour's garden. Please, baby. I'm only little. But they are cute. <laughs> Kath, why don't you buy a male cat? Then your husband's happy you've got a boy in the house. Yeah. Yeah, get no, you, some lads But make stuff. sure you cut its um, nuts off. The husbands? No, no, no. The, 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 well done, uh, Kelly. Thank you for clarifying, because that could have been awkward. The cats. The cats, OK. No, you don't want a Tom. You want a little girl. You've got to have a little girl. Mm. Oh, look. I can't have one. Plants. No. Listen, honestly, your 40th is coming up in August. It's not coming up in August. Uh, Kels and I will be pleased to get you one. It will be, <laughs> it will be a pleasure. Oh. To get you one. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get your cat, OK? Yeah. No. High five, Kels. No. What if we get a really old one? Then she doesn't have to have it for that Oh, long. good. A really old one. <laughs> if you've got a really old cat that um, you don't want, just drop it off at the studio. We'll sort it out. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double... Don't, don't, don't do that, for goodness sakes. Although I might take it. Now, we're always hearing how cash-strapped the police are, so you can't blame them for trying to save money where they can. What do you reckon to this? Police in Hertfordshire are already using volunteers to help them out with things like custody checks, speed awareness courses and victim support. And today they're looking for more people to join the unpaid ranks. Joining me now to uh, tell us more is Community Safety Chief Inspector Carl Foster. Morning, Carl. Good morning, Ian. Carl, let's let's address the, the thing that will be concerning lots of people. Are volunteers being used to cover posts that would have been paid in the past? Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, we, we, we're using them to assist people that, uh, that are performing those roles. Um, and, and, in fact, there's very specific employment legislation that, um, that, that we have to be mindful of and obviously protect those people that we do employ to, to pay those roles. So this is, this is about um, people being uh, used, if you like, to assist us for, for causes that, that, that they believe in. OK, um, so what kind of positions will they be in? What will they be doing? Well, we 
had volunteers uh, supporting sort of over 50 teams uh, across the county from uh, providing administrative support to safer neighbourhood teams, um, working with the, the, the teams that work with our most persistent offenders in the Integrated uh, Offender Management Unit, um, and also providing support for, for victims of crime. So um, a, a very sort of broad spectrum of work, really. And is there a particular type of person you're looking to recruit? Is there a, a specific age, a background? What, what kind of things? Uh, well, to be honest, when we when we uh, identify somewhere where we need assistance, we advertise um, that that opportunity uh, on our website. There is a process of us uh, obviously assessing somebody's suitability to to assist in that uh, role. Um, but we're looking for anybody uh, really, and, and, and looking for people to bring their skills um, to assist us on a day to day basis. How much time do they have to commit, Carl? Can they, can they decide, or is there, are there set amounts? No, it's absolutely uh, that is one one aspect that is uh, entirely down to the volunteer that's assisting us. We, we can't actually make any demands uh, on, on, on volunteers' time. So um, if, if, if somebody's got a few hours a week to assist us, that's great. Um, if they can do more, then uh, obviously we'll accommodate whatever they can offer. And are, do they get training? Will there be specific training? Yes, absolutely. Um, we, we obviously make sure that um, we, we train people in whatever systems and, and uh, knowledge they need to, to perform that role. And uh, we have a, a, a support mechanism and network around the, the volunteer to assist them uh, moving forward as well. OK, well, listen, thank you very much. It, it, it sounds like it could be a, a, a cracking scheme. That's Community Safety Chief Inspector Carl Foster. We can bring in Neil Alston, who is the chairman of the Hertfordshire Police Federation. Morning, Neil. Morning, Ian. Neil, what's your reaction to this? Well, it's, uh, we've been doing this for a long time. It's, uh, it's a good thing in terms of getting the community to uh, support their local policing. Uh, we support that entirely. But what we shouldn't forget, of course, is that uh, this isn't core policing functions. Those core policing functions are still being done by uh, 20% less officers than, than we were three years ago. Um, so these are the, these are the nice-to-dos, these are the additional stuff. We've still got uh, the core policing functions being provided by significantly fewer officers than we did three years ago. But that's, that's all, is, is in some ways a separate issue, isn't it? The fact that, that cuts are being made and there are less police officers. We all know that. And, and no-one is suggesting that these volunteers will be replacing those police officers, are they? Absolutely not. No, you're, you're quite right. But uh, I don't want the message to, to, to go out that, uh, you know, things are unaffected. This, this, is a, this is a nice to have. We fully support it because uh, we, we feel that uh, people should get involved with, uh, with uh, their, their police service. But let's not forget that my members are absolutely on their knees uh, and are really struggling to provide the service that, uh, that they do. Uh, it, it, it could be argued that this does free up police officers to, you know, police and stuff. Absolutely. Yes, so, as I say, you need to make the distinction between core policing and the nice-to-do services. And, uh, but, it, but it does mean that, uh, that officers are uh, just doing the, the, um, the sharp-end stuff as opposed to working with their community in the ways that they'd like to. Uh, so it's a bit of a shame, but we'll take every bit of help we can get. Is this just kind of a, a, a revamped uh, neighbourhood watch scheme? I, th- I think it's far more than that because uh, we, we used to involve uh, members of the public in quite limited ways, but uh, I think this is uh, enabling anybody with any skills that uh, uh, they have that can help with policing to help in a number of different ways rather than just uh, checking on their local neighbourhood. Neil, just going off on a slight tangent, if you'd indulge me, there's a, a thing in a lot of the papers over the weekend and today about uh, bosses should be uh, more understanding when it comes to their workforce 
house, watching the World Cup, and maybe they should have a TV in the <coughs> office. Do, do you think there'll be anything like that in the police stations across Hertfordshire? A, a TV where they can watch the World Cup and or a radio where they could listen in? Uh, sadly, I, I don't think so. We we used to have televisions in police stations. They're, they're getting lesser and less. And, of course, the officers don't have time anymore. Um, the legislation is there to say that officers should uh, have a, a refs break, and, and you'd hope that they would be able to watch a bit during that. But uh, very often they don't even get a, ref, a, a, a um, refreshment break anymore. Um, so much as I'd like to say yes, I'm sure officers will be sitting back watching football. I very much doubt it because they'll be out there protecting the public at those Neil, times. excellent, excellent answer. Well done, thank you, Neil Alston, Chairman of Hertfordshire Police Federation. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It is this thing about should you get time off to watch the, the World Cup? Should, should bosses, because a lot of the matches are late at night, should your bosses expect you to come in, you know, the, the, an hour, a couple of hours late, maybe a little bit hungover, or, or, or maybe if you're working when the games are on, they, they'll have a TV on and they'll kind of expect productivity to go down. Bit of face paint on. I, because I don't. Vivuzela. You've got a you've got a job, you've got a job to so do a job. I don't get people who take um, their birthday off from work. What, you, not when you're grown up. You know, you, not when you're grown up. You've got a job. You celebrate you celebrate your birthday and the, the closest weekend. That's that's what you do. Or you go out or after work. Or, or don't bother. <laughs> But to, to, uh, so many people uh, I've worked with in the last few years have. Oh, I'm not in tomorrow. Oh, why is that? It's my birthday. What, sorry, what are you? Fifteen? What is that about? You're going to sit on the sofa with all your presents on your knee all day long, like you used to at Christmas. What are you, what are you gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just with your hand. It's a weird thing. I don't, why? Well, listen. When you you grow up and you're an adult, you have responsibilities, and one of those is work, uh, and you have to come in and do your work. And also, I don't think you? when, when you've had eighteen birthdays, that, yeah. that's celebration enough, isn't oh, it? Oh man, I'm not a fan of the birthdays. Although saying that, I'm going Sunday. I'm going to, my my friend's fortieth, so I'm going to go down and. Uh, Sink a few beers, maybe. Uh, I'm not, I don't drink. I'll watch them get drunk. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Is your boss being uh, um, allowing, being flexible? But also, if you're a boss, have you had a little bit of pressure from the the staff to say, come on, Steve? It's a good name for a boss, why not? Come on, Steve, come on, let's come in a couple of hours late. Mike, Mike. Um, You'd never get a boss called Adrian, would you? Uh, I think they, I believe uh, there are no. bosses. I think it's frowned no. upon. I I guarantee you there are no bosses called Adrian. Okay. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Call me now. And Aid. Pro- Would they call him Aid? No. That, this is why because you can shorten the name to something that's disrespectful. Oh gosh. Sorry. What? Travel. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know what that reaction was. Thanks to the cough kills. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Oh wait for. Have you ever come across a boss called Adrian? <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> What happened there? It's a perfectly reasonable... Uh, Alice? Yes? Have you ever come across a boss called Adrian? No. It's not a boss's name, is it? Um... Steve, Mike. Mike, Mike, um, in... uh, Mike's a good name, isn't it? Sure. Why do I get the impression that everyone is is just kind of humouring me? Are you all just kind of humouring me? Graham, there's another one. Kels, are you just humouring me? No, mate. Alice, are you just humouring me? No... You've changed. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound very slow at the moment between junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. 
Also, the M25 anti-clockwise struggling between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. A1M southbound really slow going between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Also on the speed sensors, the A5 southbound heavy going around Markgate at the Luton Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.16, it's Monday the 2nd of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire Police is launching a new campaign to attract volunteers to the force. They say it will get more people playing a part in keeping the county safe. The owner of a seven-bedroom home in Bedfordshire, which was ordered to be demolished as it didn't have planning permission, has won his appeal. And in sport, Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. BBC Three Counties Radio. World War One at home on the BBC. After we'd done all our donkey work, the army saw that we had made good. Revealing untold stories. The members of the society would welcome an opportunity of doing something to help the patient and faithful creatures whose lives were being sacrificed in the service of our country. Discovering local memories. I need not say again what my predecessors and I have felt as to the immense help you gave the government by allowing us to make trials in secret at Hatfield. World War One at home. He asked her to come and organise Rest Park to be turned into a convalescent home. The torpedo got us in our forward magazine, thereby killing everyone forward. World War One at home. Every morning this week from 8.15. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Steve the Milkman, have you ever come across a boss called Adrian? I have not. It's not a boss's name, is it? And I think we, we started off with a little bit of uh, light bants, but actually, if I was a, a university in the northeast of England, I would apply for a grant to investigate the impact that having the name Adrian has on um, young men and old men and women. Why not? They do worse things, don't they? Adrian, Adrian was Rocky's um, wife. Adrian! Yeah. Wow, you did the voice. Do a Frank Spencer. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> do Frank Bruno. No, I mean, Harry. <laughs> oh, this is, it's like having Darren Day here, but not quite as irritating. Steve! Hello! What you got for us? This, I, mean, I think they shouldn't be allowed time off to watch England, England play football. They shouldn't, or, or they should? <laughs> They should, because let's what? face it, they won't have much time off, will they? But I'm dumped. Hey. Hey, rap fans. The only good thing I heard about the football is that they're going to be made to sing the national anthem. Oh, yeah, no, I saw this, because last year, um, Wayne Rooney, uh, who I like to call the dunce, uh, didn't make a point of not singing the national anthem. I'm sorry, lads, right? If you're getting paid a shed load of money to represent your country, sing the national anthem, lads. So they should. So they should. Steve. They shouldn't get paid anyway. Sorry? They shouldn't get paid. They should do it for uh, well, the prize. Here's the thing. Have, have I got this right? Someone told me a while ago that if they, play, if they play for England, they don't get paid. You don't get paid, do you? I don't think you do. I mean, you get, you get, get perks. Cap. You get a cap. You get a swanky hotel. I'm assuming they cover the cost of the minibar. I don't know. It's supposed to be an honour. So, I, yeah, I don't think you get paid if you play for England. They might pay your car parking that's while good. it's at the airport. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably it. That's probably it. 
Steve, thank you very much indeed. Some interesting points came out of that. I can't remember what they were. You don't want to be worried while you're playing a football game that actually I could do with losing this one to, you know, go and get my car. They should sing the national anthem, shouldn't they? They should what? Sorry? They should sing the national anthem. I love how every company is using the football to sell their products now. I've just watched uh, Good Morning, This Is Good Morning Britain. Yes. And they are using it to sell mouthwash. How? Sporty mouthwash. Sporty mouthwash. You want your mouth to Get taste like um, um, Sol Campbell. <laughs> is that, that's a footballer. It is. Well done. I'm well really done. trying to learn about sport. Name another one. Um, uh, Gary Lineker's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What about a current one? One that still plays? David Seaman. Um, he's the goal. He's the big burly goalkeeper with the tash and the ponytail. Shut up, man! Of course he does. Does he? Of course he does. He's All the right. goalkeeper for England. Peter Shilton. Uh, yeah, here we go. Pat Jennings. Kevin Keegan. Hey, oh. see? That's we know about football. We know about football. We could be on Five Live. Tot- totes, totes. That's why I'm learning about it. Get out of here! I'm going to get a real job. What? Sorry. Uh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, you in a minute. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Now, a man who faced having to demolish his seven-bedroom house in Barton the Clay because he extended it beyond what had been agreed has been allowed to keep it as it is. If you want to have a look at it, it's on uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Central Bedfordshire Council issued an enforcement order on Saeed Raza Shah's house over an alleged breach of planning permission. But he successfully argued at an appeal that the alleged breach on the order that he built a new house had not happened because he just extended the existing building. Well, Nigel Young is the Executive Member for Strategic Planning, Economic Regeneration at Central Beds Council. The evidence submitted to the inspector during the appeal clearly convinced him that the building was an extension rather than a new house, as we asserted. I have to say, look Looking at the new building and being familiar with the old building, it looks exactly like a new house to me. But the inspector believed that technically there was a retaining wall and there was sufficient of the old building, albeit in my view completely hidden by the new building, and uh, he quashed our enforcement notice. And I'm very conscious that neighbours of Mr Shah will be extremely disappointed with the inspector's decision. At its most basic, uh, it's a difference of opinion between us and the inspector. He believes the development to be proportionate. We don't. Um, But we accept the decision made and we won't be appealing it. Well, our reporter Justin Daly has been getting reaction in Barton this morning. This is what people there had to say. Well, Liz, you live very close to the property we're talking about this morning. Um, Last year we heard the property was coming down. Now it's going to be staying put. Uh, What's your reaction to that? I think it's unfair because... Every, everyone else has to get planning permission mm-hmm. and obviously he hasn't and he's got away with it. Down to money, isn't it? I mean, he would completely deny that but uh, the feeling here is, is one of surprise then, along this road. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what people think. I was talking about it to people in the pub last night and that's what they think. So it's a big talking point down the pub here? Yeah, it is, yeah. What do you think it's out of keeping with Barson as well? I mean, I, I know the trees cover it slightly now, but um, is it completely out of keeping with Barson? It's not that. I've not really had the time to have a look at it. It's just the fact that how it's been done. Um, you know, you and I, like, I had to get planning permission for my extension and to follow the rules. Why didn't he follow the rules? It's set a set of precedents now. People who just build their own building and then fight it afterwards. So it's left a bit of a nasty taste there locally. It has, yeah. I definitely think it's got away with it because anyone else doing a few alterations and that, they're on your back all the while, you know? Uh, good luck to him. Why not? What's he done wrong? He's extended a house and he's in a private road. A lot of people locally moaning about it. Should those people just get a life? Um, Barton changes a lot. 
there's a lot of they ought to look at the infill within the village without worrying about a big private house in a private road. Well, that was uh, people speaking to Justin Dealey, joined now by Justin Wickersham, who's a chartered town planner with Optimist Consulting in Bedford. Morning, Justin. Good morning. So in this case, it would appear that Mr Shah has has, has got away with it, or or, or is it just because the council messed up the wording? Well, it would appear from all the the evidence that's been provided that uh, the council went through a very long process of working with the the applicant. Um, A series of applications uh, were, were put into the into the council and were considered and uh, i think as councillor young said that in their view they thought it was a new build and uh, took the view that an enforcement notice was an appropriate way of dealing with the matter but as we now know that the the inspector took a different view on that and and such is the nature of planning it can be quite ambiguous at times and, and interpretations of case law and, and the rules that, that, that apply um, can be looked at in a very forensic manner and that is often taken through the planning application and appeal procedure and in this particular occasion, and it doesn't happen all the time but um, a, a house that to the outside world looks considerably different to the original one um, has, has become successful through appeal. It's odd, isn't it? Because I, I had a loft conversion done and the hoops I had to jump through, Justin, to get them to sign it off and to approve it to the, to the point where the very last, well, the penultimate visit, the, the inspector said, I can't sign this off. You've got the wrong light bulbs in. I said, I'll, I'll get them today. Just sign it. He said, no, I'll come back in a month. And yet mm. it seems Mr. Shah, as, as, I mean, you look at the pictures on Facebook, it, it does look like a drastically different building, doesn't it? Uh, oh, it does. And there's no doubt about that. As to whether it's a, an inappropriate building, of course, is... is has been judged to be, um, it's been considered to be appropriate, it, it, but it is very different. Um, your comments about the light bulbs, of course, is that building regulations is, is a further level that, par- that parts mm. have to go down, and of course that's where your, it seems your loss conversion problems came from. But on this one, I mean, the, the same issues will have, will have applied. That he will have needed to have got planning permission, which, which he now has. He would need to get building regulations approval to deal with all those other sort of more uh, relatively minor technical matters. But on the face of it, and it's very evident from the photographs that it does look very different, but in planning terms, there's nothing necessarily wrong with yeah. that as long as someone's followed the procedure, has gone down a route which has allowed um, the, the council and um, third parties to have a view and to, to, to object where they need to do so. And in this case, Mr Shah has, has used the process very successfully. When you're getting something like this done who, whose responsibility is it to to advise you is it is it the architect is it the builders is it the council for, for mr shah um he will have used probably a whole number of consultants he would have used architects from from the from the very type of development that he that he's carried out but he probably would have used planning consultants as well and and, and although we have no relationship to this particular case we regularly do help um, similar individuals such as Mr Shah to try and battle their way through, through the planning process. It's, it's quite a complicated process uh, through planning application all the way through to appeal and it does require quite a bit of expertise to try and get these kind of difficult projects all the way through. Um, you, you always hope that it's a much more amicable um, out outcome to these things, but inevitably there, are con- there is controversy along the way in certain cases, and um, as planning consultants we do get involved in that kind of um, a- approach, and we have to deal with uh, all parties with the-, with the respect that's due. Justin, I appreciate your time this morning. Justin Wickersham, Chartered Town Planner with Optimist Consulting in Bedford. Lots of uh, texts and Facebook comments coming through on this. Some of them uh, well, some of them are only marginally libelous, I think. And a bit racist. A little bit racist and a little bit libelous. Let's start with uh, a racist one, shall we? Rob says, he was probably allowed to keep it. No disrespect, but if you're not white British, you can do what you like. 
Uh, Ziggy uh, says, Rob, what's race got to do with this? He built the house with his own money. I smell jealousy in the air. Emma Jane says, hey, does that mean I can get planning permission for a shed and build myself a new home? Uh, no, I haven't got money to pay off someone. Lol. There are lots of suggestions that there was there, that uh, envelopes were exchanged with, with cash and things. There's suggestions on Facebook. I'm sure that's not the case. Uh, in the slightest. Sue says, leave the guy alone. It looks 100% better anyway. Detractors are just jealous they can't do it. Uh, and f- Gosh, Philip says, it makes a change from a corner shop, I suppose. Well, um, can we ban Philip from Facebook? I haven't got the power to do that anymore since I got off Facebook. You can't put stuff like that up there. That's, that's I mean... Oh, dearie me, what an unpleasant uh, load of people we've got listening sometimes. <laughs> I do wonder. I do. Well, Philip, for goodness, boot Philip off for that racist guy. I don't want that kind of nonsense on the Facebook page. We'll have none of that. Uh, 08459 Drake, though, then goes on to make a very good point. I don't think Hanson played enough on the radio. I would agree with that. BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 Ever met a boss called Adrian? I don't think so. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound, very slow going between the Newport Pagnell services and Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. Also delays on the M40 London bound, that's heavy going between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for High Wycombe. The M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And on the speed sensors in Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing as you head towards the M25. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Hertfordshire Police is denying that a new campaign to attract volunteers to the force is a way of getting cheap labour. The county's Police Federation say they welcome the strategy, but it shouldn't mask a fall in frontline officers. The owner of a controversial home in Barton in Bedfordshire, which was ordered to be demolished as it didn't have planning permission, has won his appeal. An inspector has overturned the council's enforcement notice, saying it wasn't clear enough. And the Church of England has voiced concerns about the route of the HS to rail scheme. The Archbishop's Council is warning that plans for constructing the line will mean thousands of graves have to be moved, including a 12th century graveyard in Stoke Mandeville in Buckinghamshire. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. Kelly Smith opened the scoring. Unbelievable performance by the team. It wasn't the most entertaining game, best spectacle I've played in, but full credit to the team today. We turned up, we've had a lot of critics at the beginning of the season, but hopefully we've proved some people wrong. This could be the turning point now in our season. I'm just thrilled for everybody involved, the staff, Shelley. Obviously it was her last game, so obviously we did it for her really. Paralympic gold medalist Hannah Cockcroft set a new world record at the Bedford International Games yesterday. Her record came in the wheelchair 1,500 metres as she finished fifth in a mixed race. Elsewhere, there were wins for Milton Keynes duo Joey Duck and Rachel Gibbons in the women's 200 metres and pole vault, whilst Nigel Levine returned to his hometown to win the 400 metres. Andy Murray will play Fernando Vadasco in the last 16 of the French Open today. Yesterday, Murray beat Philippe Kohlschreiber 12-10 in the deciding set after the match was carried over into a second day. Roger 
Roger Federer, though, is out. Watford's unbeaten Olympic champion Anthony Joshua could fight Bedford veteran Matt Skelton in his next professional fight. Joshua stopped Milton Keynes' Matt Legg in the first round in the first fight on the Frotch Groves undercard at Wembley on Saturday. His legs trainer, Mervyn Turner. It takes a long time for these prospects to change from amateur to professional. Mm. You've got to give them time. Mm. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of hype around Joshua. Basic fact is he's still a six-fault novice. Mm. You've got to give the lad a chance. And a player auction for the UK's first ever National Badminton League is being held in Milton Keynes today. Six teams, including Milton Keynes, will play on monthly match nights to be broadcast live on television. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, busy, busy. Justin Dealey. Good morning, boss. Good morning to you, boss. Mm. I don't know if you heard those thoroughly unpleasant comments uh, about Mr Shah on Facebook. Some of them against the house, that's fair enough. Some supporting the house. Uh, One fella, whose name I won't mention again, said, uh, oh, I'm surprised he's not built a corner shop. (sighs) He put that on Facebook. We clicked on his name. We found out his job... He's a care worker. Okay, wow. guys. Wowzers. Yeah. The thing is, you know, when it comes to this property, um, look at the pictures on Facebook this morning. A lot of people beforehand last year were saying, Do you know what, it looks tacky, it looks dreadful. Um, I have to say, and I'm just being honest here, Be honest. I think um, a lot of these comments are about jealousy. Um, here we have a man who's built an incredible property, and that's for him and his family. I would love to live in a property like that, but sadly, I haven't got the money, so I can't do so. You know what? I, I think it looks better. And uh, I'm divided here, Justin. Part of me thinks, fair play to the fella, good luck, well done. Mm. But part of me, completely irrationally, is thinking, oh, oh, he got away with it. Yeah. I don't know what that's about, you know. Cause... I, I don't know, it's an interesting one. I mean, we, we spoke to Liz um, around ten minutes ago, who lives along that road. It's, it's actually along a, a private road. Um, she lives probably about, what, 100 yards away from the property. And she was saying, we were down the pub over the weekend, we were all saying he's got away with this. But... I haven't actually seen the property. Now, what does that tell you? That that everyone seems to be jumping on the bandwagon here, saying this man's got away with it, it's totally out of order, but some people, they haven't even seen it because it's on a private road completely out of the way of the other properties in the village. Dawners, uh, I don't this is a text or a Facebook, I'm not sure. This story's months old. It was in the local newspaper ages ago. No. Uh, no, no, Dawn, it's not. The decision to allow him to keep it is very, very recent. So um... We spoke to him last year, yep. and he was told at that particular moment, sorry, but um, you've broken the rules and your property is going to be ripped down. Uh, that would have devastated him and his family. He would have lost millions of pounds. He's now allowed to keep it. But to be fair to Mr Shah, when we spoke to him last year, he always said from day one, uh, this property, although I've been told at the moment it's coming down, I will fight this and I will be allowed to keep it. And that's exactly what's happened. Now, Listen, Justin, uh, it, we are going to have a little bit of um, laddish football bants in a second. Yeah. OK, and I'm, I'm excited. I've been genning up. I'm excited for yes. this. <laughs> but as well as being a lad in touch with um, my male friends, I don't mean like that, <laughs> I'm also in touch with women. Are you? And their needs. Right. I understand your needs, Kelly. I understand your needs, Catherine. You have no idea. As women... What are my needs? They're the things on the middle of your legs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah! Woo! 
in your face, sisterhood. <laughs> no, but seriously, girls, I know that it's a really hard struggle for you in a male-dominated society to make your mark. Well, I want you to know I'm on your side. Stop doing that voice. No, this is my this is my real voice when I'm talking to women. <laughs> I'm on your side, and I think I think it's great. You guys, uh, you've got the vote now. You can get married now, and you you almost. Maybe we could get married now if to we each would, other. You, which has its attractions. You almost earn nearly as much as three quarters of what men earn, and I think that that's a great limit to stop at. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, I know there aren't enough songs that tell the story of what it is like to be a woman. All right. Okay. So I, I get I, what this long preamble's about. I've now. dug this out. You'll enjoy this, Justin. I am woman. Hear me roar. In numbers too big to ignore. This is for all the ladies out there. Stop making a cup of tea for your husband and enjoy. Woman, hear me roll in numbers too big to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend.
woman. Yeah. Justin? Yes. Hey. Come on. Come on, girls. Beautiful. Sexy women around the world. <laughs> the Twitter reaction is literally trickling in. Oh, God, what are they saying? They must Rain all supporting says, them. Please give Ian Lee a slap for using that voice and playing that darn track. Hashtag do it for the girls. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who wrote that song? Uh, go a, man. On. a bloke called Ray Burton. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, I tell you what, you were bang on the money for beautiful girls everywhere across beds, hearts, and bugs. And I, and I sincere, and this is not a joke, okay? This, let's be serious for a minute. Mm. Uh, I love all of you. I really do wish you the best of luck with your lives, girls. You need it. You do need Dealing it. With this. My favourite part of any all of this yeah. is that you knew all the words to that song. Yeah, totally. I sympathise and I empathise with your pain. Not your, not that pain, your pain of, of being, you Dealing know... Dealing with you, yeah. Of, of being subdued and trodden on. Although, Bye. some of you quite like that. So, it's great. I hope you enjoy that little break, girls. That's for you. Yeah. Um, mind's like a cough. I like that bloke really got inside my mind. Mind's a cough, if you don't mind. Thanks a lot. Justin. Yes, boss. Not got the reaction from the... I'm getting um, what can only be described as an evil stare from, from Kel, and they're, they're now miming throwing things at me. I don't Listen, quite know. You are doing it for the ladies. What, what, what you're saying is, I'll tell you what, girls, I'll take you out for breakfast later on, because I earn a bit more than you. You're never going to earn as much as me. I'll treat you. They're trashing the studio next door. Wow. What? Ladies? All right. This is why, this is why you are um, secondary to gentlemen, because you just cannot... You just cannot control your moods. Unbelievable. What, what, it, don't worry. I know why you're angry. I know why you're angry. We'll, um, we'll, Ian, we'll try again next week. Would yes. you mind coming in here and picking all this up? Get out of here. Justin. Yes. Football bands. We've done yes. something for the ladies. Now it's time for the blokes. Mm. The World Cup is starting in, what, six days' time? Something like a five days' time, it may be. I'm over the moon. You must be over the moon. But there are a few issues here. Yeah, it's got quite a lot of um, lines in the papers over the weekend, this. Uh, people saying that bosses, they should be flexible um, and allow their staff to watch games in the World Cup. I say absolutely, 100% yes. Of course. Sorry? <laughs> Sorry, what? Yes. That caught me unawares. No, I heard you and Catherine talking about this at about 10 to 7 this morning, and I was shouting at the radio, because this happens once every four years, OK? Yeah. Um, it's not just a, a tacky TV show we're talking about here. Yeah. I think you mentioned uh, Cash in the Attic earlier on. Great programme. Yes, a great programme. But we are talking about our country. Our country are going to the World Cup. They flew off from Luton yesterday. Uh, it kicks off on the 12th. Of June, and I'm just going to put this out there right now. I think that if you don't accommodate your staff to watch England games during the World Cup, you're a bad boss. Simple as that. Come on, mate. You've got to. Um, <laughs> sorry, the girls are still messing around next door. The thing is, Justin, right? When you grow up, when you're a man, yeah. you've got, res- and you'll know this one day, you've got responsibility. Okay? Yes. One of the responsibilities is being productive for your employers. Mm, absolutely. So you can't just mess around and watch football and, and, no. and have some time off. I think. And I- I'll be fascinated this morning to hear from bosses who are listening to this right now. I think any decent boss would do all they possibly could to allow their staff to 
to watch the England games. Now, uh, the England games we're talking about here, England-Italy, that's the first one. That's um, 11 o'clock on a Saturday evening. Uruguay on the 19th, uh, that's a 7 p.m. kickoff. But the one which I'm sure will affect staff is Costa Rica. That's yes. on Tuesday the 24th of June, and that's a 5 o'clock kickoff. So a lot of people uh, will still be at work at that particular moment. So yeah. I think most bosses will be saying, right, OK, if you come in earlier, yeah. um, you'll be allowed to watch the game at work. Any decent boss listening to this right now will be doing that for their staff, I guarantee you. Can you take it to the streets for me, Just? I will take it to the streets, absolutely. Here's another thing as well, and, and Steve Demelke mentioned this, because there was a big controversy last time, because plums, like, why they don't get paid, do they, for, for playing for England? As far as I know, right. it's an honour to okay. play for your country. Okay. In which case, sing the national anthem, you muppets. Because yeah. <laughs> Wayne do. Rooney <laughs> made a big stand. Of, he probably didn't know the words because mm. he's so thick. Mm. But he made a big point of um, staying there, uh, standing there, and not singing the national For goodness sakes, guys, if you're going to represent your country, okay... Then sing the national anthem. If you don't, mm. if you object to that, then don't take the job. No, I totally agree. And uh, one final point on this, Ian. I was actually you were talking about suspensions earlier on. Um, I was actually suspended oh. from school uh, for bunking off during an exam to watch an England game. Okay, during the World Cup, my school did not accommodate me, so I bunked off. For, yeah. For, Hmm. Yeah, of course. So it's, that's what's going to happen, OK? It, Fast school. forward now. That's what's going to happen to most people. If they say to their staff, you're not watching the no. game, sit down at your computer, morale will go down and people will just bunk it, off. So, accommodate was, them. No, you bunked off an exam. Hmm. Or GCSE or something. It's the World Cup once every four years. You are unbelievable. They won 2-0. Well, fair play. Justin, thank you very much. 08459 455 555. Your thoughts on that, please. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound still very slow between Newport Pagnell Services and Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise heavy going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Heading to the M25 in Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing as you head south. And also in Chesant, the A10 heading south, queuing between Wormley and the M25. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. I feel your pain, Alice. I'm, I'm there with you, sister. Sure. Good. Thanks. Nice. Listen, it's literally a pleasure. Literally a pleasure. 7.45... It is Monday, the 2nd of June. I'm Ian Lee, and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire Police is denying that a new campaign to attract volunteers to the force is a way of getting cheap labour. The county's police federation say they welcome the strategy, but it shouldn't mask a fall in frontline officers. The owner of a controversial home in Barton in Bedfordshire, which was ordered to be demolished as it didn't have planning permission, has won his appeal. And in sport, Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. Coming up, we'll get the latest in uh, the Jimmy Savile story, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Kate. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather cloudy start to the new working week, although some of the cloud at the moment fairly high, so we've got a little bit of brightness out there. We've already seen some rain this morning and we're likely to see one or two showers develop as we head further through the day. Despite this cloud coverage, we're still going to feel relatively warm. The air is coming from the southwest, so it's quite humid, so we're still looking at a maximum temperature in the high teens of around 19 Celsius. Hanging on to the cloud overnight, also some scattered showers. Could see a bit of mist develop, particularly over higher ground places like the Chilterns, for example, with a minimum temperature down to around 12 or 13 Celsius. For tomorrow morning, a bit of mist, but it will lift into low cloud, perhaps more in the way of sunny intervals tomorrow, but we will see scattered showers, particularly through tomorrow afternoon. Maximum temperature, again, similar, 18 Celsius, 64 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Kate? Yeah? I feel your pain as a woman. Really? Yeah. I doubt that very much, but go on. Come and give me a hug. Come on. <laughs> there Thanks. you go. Better? A little bit. I can understand why you're, you're angry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I get it. I get it. She um, is so angry, Catherine. Don't she, do that voice to me. She is so angry. She is taken. She associates me with all mankind that has been oppressing her. When I say her, I mean literally her, but I also mean other people with wombs. For and without for tens of years, hundreds of years, thousands. No, I wouldn't go that far. But well, I'm... thanks for your partial apology. You're very welcome, my love. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. So we've been talking about this house, OK? This fella, this Mr Shah gentleman, he, he basically built... It's pretty much a new house. It's classed as an extension. He got away with it. A couple of comments on the Facebook page I said were offensive, borderline racist. Rob says he was probably allowed to keep it. No disrespect, but if you're not white British, you can do what you like. A gentleman called Philip, who uh, works as a care worker, says makes a change from a corner shop, I suppose. Now, if that's not a racist comment, the first one, OK, you could argue borderline. Second one, makes a change from a corner shop, I suppose. Come on, guys. That's racist, isn't it? But then Pat steps in to defend on the text. Ian, there is more behind comments that you decide are bordering on racism. I would say the corner shop one doesn't border. It, it, you've crossed the border without a passport. You're a racist for, for saying that. Just look around the... Oh, it's a racist statement. Just look around the developments in Luton that resemble bungalows but are called workshops or sheds built by certain members of our community. What do you mean by that, Pat? Those that abide by our planning laws are fed up with who can or can't break planning laws. So what I think let's read between Pat's lines, shall we? Certain members of the community, he means dark members of the community, probably Indian people, I would, I would imagine. I don't know if it's that specific or if it's a general uh, nod towards uh, members of other race. Those that abide by our planning laws, again, Pat, because you've not gone into detail and you're not on the phone, I'm having to read between the lines. I'm assuming you mean white English people? I don't know. Give me a call. Let's discuss this. 08459. 
four double five five double five is the, uh, the, the the telephone number. It's easier. It, it's easier when we're dealing in vagaries like this. It's easier if you come on the phone because then I, I, it helps me with. I have to make assumptions when I'm reading that, and I may be making wrong, unfair assumptions, and I don't like doing that because then that's unfair on you. It will be good to know exactly what you're saying. Um, and Aiden has emailed in, not an Adrian, an Aiden. We're saying you'll never get a boss. You'll never get a boss called Adrian. Doesn't happen. Ian, it's a well-known fact that not many people know that people whose name begin with A are smarter and more likely to be bosses. What? This is because at school they are more likely to be called on first to answer questions because many tasks are determined alphabetically. This means they have to think on their feet because they have less time to formulate a response than someone whose name begins with Z. Therefore, it's more likely to have a boss called Adrian than, say, Zebedee. What? what? Really? 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number. You'll never find a boss called Adrian. It just doesn't happen for some reason. It's one of those names you go... Really? Um, Ian's on the line. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What do you want to say? I don't think that that corner shop statement's racist. I think it's just stereotyping. Go on. It's like saying, well, he's Polish, so he's a plumber, or... Say that again. It's saying he's Polish, so he's a labourer, or something like that. It's just, it's just stereotyping. It's not a racist comment. I, I think it is different from saying Polish people are plumbers. Well, I disagree. Well, no, well, you can disagree on this, Ian, but, but, but you're wrong. I just think that, that we're talking about an Ind- a gentleman of uh, an ethnic background. I'm, ass- I'm assuming he's Indian. I've got no idea where he's from, to you, but he's called Mr Shah. Uh, and, and, and Philip, the person who's made the comment, has got no idea where this guy is from. And it sits very uncomfortably with me, Ian, for someone to just make a post that says, makes a change from a corner shop, I suppose. I think that goes beyond stereotyping, because there, there is a tone in it that is slightly unpleasant. What, 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 what does he mean? It makes a change from a corner shop. What does that even I, mean? I think it's more stereotyping and more tongue-in-cheek no, than no, being blatantly racist. No, 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 but, but answer the question. What does he mean by that? Well, he, he's suggesting that Indian Asian people own corner shops and to be honest, most of them, most corner shops are run by Asian people. Is that a fact, um, Ian? Where are your statistics from? Uh, I can't get... Well, well exactly. It's, it's a well-known fact. Well, no, it's not, it, it's not a well-known fact. I don't know that most corner shops are owned by Asian people. I know that in some areas, the majority of corner shops would appear to be owned by Asian people. I don't know if that works out across the country. Of course it does. Course how it do, does. You, how do you know that, Ian, though? Because when you go into a corner shop, it is inevitably run by Yeah, in certain parts of the country, but you, have you been to corner shops across the country? I've been corner shops all over the country, in Midlands, the North. Okay, so you've been, in, you've been in more than half of the corner shops in this country, is that what you're saying? Oh, Ian, we lost you. Leslie's in Luton. Morning, Leslie. Hello, good morning, Ian. Leslie, what would you like to say? Yeah, um, the house in Button, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Button Village. I've, I've been there when it first came about, me and my wife, and we stand right outside of it, took some pictures. Yeah, oh, it's, right. a be- it's a massive, beautiful house. It's big, isn't it? Yeah. And the issue about um, that bloke, Carly, um, mentioned corner shop, I think it's a racist issue that is 
I, it does. I mean, I got what I got. What Ian was saying—that it's a generalisation—but uh, I just think that the generalisation that uh, you know that it, we don't even know—I don't even know the ethnic background of Mr. Shah. I don't know. Well, I don't know well, if he's Indian or what he is. Well, the name Shah is well. It's it's to do with um, in, Indians because most Indians are are Shahs, aren't they? I don't think most Indians are called Shah. Most and shahs may be called Indians. Yeah, most Indian, most shahs may be Indians. I don't know if yeah. that's true or not, but you can't say most Indians are shahs. <laughs> well, well, uh, well. Um, um, that's what I'm familiar with. Okay, all right then. But you, you, th- th- you think that the, the comment um, it makes a change from corner shops is uh, is perhaps a little bit racist. It's racist. It's racist and stereotyping. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it is definitely racist. That guy, he got, he, he, he's well, he, he's got a problem because because of the name, and he assumed this gentleman is is Indian, and it's a racist comment. As far as I'm concerned. All right, Leslie, thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, new research by the children's charity, the NSPCC, commissioned by Panorama, reveals at least five hundred reports of abuse by Jimmy Savile. The youngest alleged victim was just two years old, as the BBC and Department of Health prepare to publish their own inquiries into the scandal. A joint investigation by Panorama and Radio 4's The World at One has uncovered new evidence about the extent to which the government in the 1980s trusted Jimmy Savile to call the shots at one of Britain's most notorious institutions. I'm joined now by Shelley Joffrey. Good morning, Shelley. Good morning. Shelley, tell us what this new research shows. Well, Panorama asked the NSPCC to look at patterns of offending by Jimmy Savile and they found there have been at least 500 reports of his abuse to both the charity and to the Metropolitan Police, which is 50 more than previously reported. The abuse happened across six decades in BBC dressing rooms, on hospital wards and in children's homes. Most of the alleged victims were 13 to 15 years old. Here's Peter Watt, who's Director of Child Protection at the NSPCC. There's no doubt that Savile is one of the most, if not the most, uh, prolific sex offender that we at the NSPCC have ever come across. But what you have is somebody who, at his most prolific, lost no opportunity to identify vulnerable victims and abuse them. The access Jimmy Savile had to well-known institutions was extraordinary, nowhere more so than at Britain's top security psychiatric hospital, Broadmoor. We've learned the police now have 16 reports of abuse by Savile there. We've spoken to a woman who was invited to Broadmoor by Savile to sing for patients as a 14-year-old. She says Jimmy Savile indecently assaulted her at the hospital. Talking publicly for the first time, she doesn't want to be identified and her words are spoken by an actor. He gave me a cuddle. And so he was touching my breasts and he kissed me and he tried to put his tongue in my mouth. I didn't know if it was right, if it was wrong. Is this what they do in showbiz? I didn't know. I I didn't know. It was the scariest experience, I think, of my life. Shelley, one thing I've I've struggled to understand throughout this whole thing is how on earth did someone like Savile, who was a DJ, get open access to Broadmoor? Well, you're not the only one that struggled with that question. It is a strange story. Back in the 60s, the late 60s, Savile was invited into Broadmoor by a hospital charity simply to organise entertainment there. But by the 70s, he had his own set of keys and even had a house on the grounds. By the late 80s, when Broadmoor was a hospital in crisis, there was a lot of industrial unrest, the government set up a task force and actually appointed the BBC DJ to lead it. So how did this happen? 
Well, we've got confidential government documents from the time that shed some light. They suggest that a senior civil servant at the Department of Health pushed for Jimmy Savile to be head of the task force. But the documents suggest civil servants were really starstruck by the entertainer. They talk about him throughout as Dr Savile and, for example, say he's going through each of the main departments at the hospital like a dose of salts. One memo shows that another female civil servant had misgivings about Savile. She wrote, you might have warned me for his penchant for kissing ladies full on the mouth. But the government seemed to think that Jim could actually fix the serious problems at Broadmoor. When Savile took over, the union there had just voted for an overtime ban. The documents show that he told the Department of Health he could deal with the union and quickly transform Broadmoor. Edwina Curry was briefly a health minister responsible for the hospital at the time and Savile told her he'd discovered some nurses were sublet- subletting staff houses and fiddling overtime claims. He made it quite clear, he told me, that he would use that against the staff if they misbehaved and didn't call off the overtime ban. That sounds like blackmail. That sounds like blackmail to me as well. And if it sounded like blackmail to you at the time, did, did you not think to say hang on a minute, you can't run a a top security psychiatric hospital like that. I made a note of it at the time, because I was so surprised. Shelley, we have to leave it there because we're out of time. I, I appreciate you coming on this morning. Shelley Joffrey there. You can hear more on this on The World at One on Radio 4. Uh, guess what? One today. And then later on, Panorama's Savile, The Power to Abuse on BBC One at 8.30 tonight. <laughs> Well, they sh- that should be the travel bed. I don't. Let's get the travel, shall we, Alice? <laughs> Let's shall. Let's shall. Go on. We have to. It's uh, Acapulco. We've had a phone in from Delia on the M1 London bound. Things very heavy. Uh, stop starting patches between Newport Pagnell services and Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. Then on the speed sensors in Watford, Pinner Road looking very heavy towards the centre of town around Bushy Arches. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right, sisters. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Should you be allowed to have time off to watch the World Cup? And have you ever met a boss called Adrian? I don't think so. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Hertfordshire Police looking for more volunteers, controversial Bedfordshire House can stay, and Church highlights Buckinghamshire Graves in latest HS2 row. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire Police is launching a new campaign to attract volunteers to the force. They say it will get more people playing a part in keeping the county safe. The Police Federation say they welcome the strategy so long as it doesn't impact upon more specialist frontline services. Chief Inspector Carl Foster denies it means getting cheap labour. No, absolutely not. Um, we, we, we're using them to assist people that, uh, that are performing those roles. Um, and, and in fact, there's very specific employment legislation that, um, that that we have to be mindful of and obviously protect those people that we do employ to, to pay those roles. So this is this is about um, people being uh, 
used, if you like, to assist us for, for causes that, that, that they believe in. The owner of a seven-bedroom home in Bedfordshire, which was ordered to be demolished as it didn't have planning permission, has won his appeal. Side Raza Shah's controversial house in barton le Clay was issued with an enforcement notice, but a planning inspector has overturned it, saying it wasn't clear enough. Central Beds councillor Nigel Young says they re- reluctantly have to accept the decision. I'm very conscious that neighbours of Mr Shah will be extremely disappointed with the inspector's decision. At its most basic, uh, it's a difference of opinion between us and the inspector. He believes the development to be proportionate. We don't. The organisers of the 2022 Qatar World Cup will hold a meeting with a FIFA investigator today amid growing calls for the country to be stripped of the right to hold the tournament. A report in the Sunday Times alleged covert payments of millions of pounds had been made to officials who'd backed Qatar's bid. Allegations it denies. The meeting was arranged before the latest allegations. The NSPCC has increased its estimate of how much abuse was carried out by Jimmy Savile. In research produced for the BBC, it suggests there are now 500 reports of abuse, with more of it than previously thought committed at Broadmoor Secure Hospital. The Church of England has voiced concerns about the route of the HS2 rail scheme. The Archbishop's Council is warning that plans for constructing the line will mean thousands of graves have to be moved, including a 12th century graveyard in Stoke Mandeville in Buckinghamshire. Stephen Lowe is the former Bishop of Hume in Manchester. It's very disturbing for people who have recently buried relatives with the assurance that they would be quite safe in that consecrated ground for a very long time to suddenly find that they may have to be dug up and moved elsewhere. A comedian who tried to gate-crash England's World Cup departure at Luton Airport yesterday has been spoken to by police. Simon Brodkin was wearing an identical suit to those worn by the England party but was spotted by Captain Stephen Gerrard. Bedfordshire police, who were assisting private security at Landmark Aviation, say Mr Brodkin was given some strong police advice. In sport, Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. The weather, cloudy with some rain this morning, sunny intervals and showers this afternoon, a maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. If I had a choice, I wouldn't live anywhere else. It's one of those places that has retained its character and will hopefully continue to do so for many, many years. It's all about where you live. Oh, just a great buzzing place to live, really. There's so much going on. And all this week, we're featuring Stony Stratford. Stony Stratford, this is the place to be. The big tour from BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up in this hour, we'll be talking about police volunteers. There's going to be more of them. Would you do it? Do you fancy helping out? We're also asking, is your boss going to let you have time off work or or be a little bit flexible while the World Cup is on? I don't think they should be. You're adults, you've got a job. Unless you're a child or you don't have a job. But seriously, when you're grown up, you've got responsibilities. That includes, I don't know, going to work, doing the job and going home at the time you're supposed to go home. 
08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, I don't get this. I don't get this text. It seems to be attacking us. Fury. Well, the fury must be directed at Justin Dealey, who is the the least left-leaning person I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. There's a text here from, uh, from someone called David. Watching football at work. Another example of work-shy English. Any excuse. What next, you left-leaning BBC Muppets... Encourage strike action. Co can't arrive too soon. Hey, listen, Sebastian Co would encourage this kind of behaviour. He's he, a sport billy too. He would. I I'm not encouraging people to bunk off. I think it's terrible. You shouldn't bunk off work for the World Cup. What David. next? A cash in the attic marathon? Oh, man. Come dine with me. You want to catch all of them. We should all have some time off. No, I'm up for, if, if, if it's Flog It we're talking about, I'm in. I like a bit of Flog It. Yeah, I, I like the fella that does it. 08459 455 505. David, if you want to call in and apologise for, for that uh, text, you're, you're more than welcome to. I'm joined by another David. David Lloyd. Morning, David. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Are you going to be taking time off to watch the World Cup? Oh, I shouldn't think so. You never take time off. I'm uh, one of those hard-working people. That's what, that's what you say. The reason we got you in, Hertfordshire Police boosting its numbers uh, with volunteers. The force already has a fair few non-paid people working behind the scenes at its police stations, whether it's checking on the welfare of prisoners or running speed awareness courses, all with the right training. Uh, We all know the police aren't made of money these days, so you you can't blame them for looking for cheaper ways of doing things. But the Police Federation is concerned that volunteers might be used to replace professionals, which you've heard. David Lloyd, the Hertfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner, is in the studio. David, are, are they going to be replacing professionals? No, this is about uh, having a broad family of uh, a community which uh, works together. Uh, Robert Peel started uh, the police in this country uh, almost 200 years ago, and he said uh, the police are the public and the public are the police. And what this is all about, really, is uh, putting my plan into action, everybody's business. Uh, It's about making sure that uh, everybody gets involved in crime reduction because it's the it's the front end it's it's reducing the crime rather than uh, trying to work out what went wrong afterwards which is really important so what kind of things will people be doing what roles are up for grabs well there are i mean we've got such a wide range of roles and of course this week is volunteering week across the whole country um not just for the police but um it, there's a whole continuum from getting involved in neighborhood watch through to uh, getting involved in Drive Safe, which are those people, 10 of them get together and will, uh, uh, if, if people are speeding in a village, they'll be uh, helping to stop that. Yeah. Right the way through to uh, joining the special constabulary. In my village, uh, the, uh, the, there, are, there are two special constables, who, or a special sergeant and special constable. They are the face of uh, policing in mm. the village. But that's great because everyone knows them. They're local people. Uh, Richard and Stephen, they very much are the local face of policing. That's great. We're in a very safe place. Um, they put a lot of time in. We all feel very safe in uh, Flamstead. And so um, there, there is a job for you. Whatever you want to do, there is a way of getting involved. And I'm just encouraging you to do it. Why should people be bothered? What's in it for, for the volunteers? Well, I think uh, sense of purpose, sense of giving something back. Um, 
as in volunteering for anything, uh, you get involved, you do your bit for the community. Um, so a special constable actually has all the same powers that a police officer has. Uh, a drive-safe volunteer doesn't, but they are getting involved and making sure that their village is a safer place in terms of not having speeding traffic going through. Someone who's involved in uh, Crime Stoppers can be uh, getting really useful information anonymously uh, which uh, can solve a crime. Those are all really great things to do. It does sound great, and, and uh, as someone who's done volunteering for a long time, not in the police, but with, with another agency, it, the, the, what you, it, it's not completely selfless, because you do get a lot back. But there might be people listening and thinking, well, hang on a second, the, the, surely the, the, the police should be doing these things. We know that cutbacks are being made. We know that the, the number of police uh, is decreasing. This does sound like policing on the cheap. This isn't about uh, giving uh, policing on the cheap. This is about getting everyone involved. Actually, you know, this starts at the other end. Of course, one of the benefits uh, may very well be that uh, you'll be able to uh, get more people involved and therefore get more things done. But this isn't about policing on the cheap. It's about getting the community involved. Because I think that if you get the community involved, crime goes down. And that's really what's important to me. Is there training involved? I'm assuming people aren't just going to rock up and uh, start doing things. You're quite right. Uh, If you're in the special constabulary, you've got quite a long course to to get up to speed because you've got to learn exactly what police officers have. Even if you are um, putting on a jacket and uh, taking the... Uh, the numbers and the uh, speed of cars going through, you still need to be trained. We make sure that people are trained to a good standard so that uh, they are safe themselves as well as making their community safe. And what's the feedback been from the public? Have people expressed an interest? Oh, people love getting involved. Have done, of course, since 1829. This isn't something new. Mm. But people love getting involved. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, for me, uh, it's uh, really... Uh, if, if, for example, you've got uh, uh, ten people coming together to say there's a real problem with speeding in my village, I think there probably is a real problem. If actually you can't find ten people to do it, mm. perhaps it isn't such a problem. It's a real sort of uh, uh, marker of uh, where there's an issue and where there isn't an issue. But people love doing specific jobs, time-limited tasks and uh, specific jobs. In my head... I'm sure you'll correct me, I've got this wrong. In my head, I have an image of a a bunch of nosy old people, busybodies, doing this. Is is it restricted to a certain age group, or are people from all ages getting involved? I I suppose it depends what it is. Um, We wouldn't say no to anyone, um, provided uh, they are the the right people. But, uh, you know, we want everyone to get involved. It isn't busybodies, it's people who really care about the community. If people want to find out more about this, David, uh, and and, uh, see what's available, where do they go? Go on to uh, the Police and Crime Commissioner's website, or go on to the Hearts Constabulary website. Okay. Well, it sounds like a cracking idea, if if, if people will uh, will take it. I I guess it's that thing, if you you feel there is a problem uh, in your area, and it's not being sorted out or dealt with, then, you know, get involved and and try and make that change yourself. Exactly that. David, always nice to see you. We need to... Always good to see the, you. The last know. two times you've been in, it's been too easy. Can we get him in for something <laughs> tough next time? You, you need to get a good grilling. I, uh, I, I enjoy a, a gentle grilling, yeah, you know. Yeah, OK, we'll sort that out. David, nice <laughs> to see you. Best of luck. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 four double five five double five is the phone number. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. One thing um, I like David Lloyd when he I like it when, when all the police and crime commissioners come in. But what I've noticed is we have different. I think you like David more than the rest. He's the, he's my favourite. Uh, <laughs> no, because listen, him and Ollie Martins they always come in. Stan, what's his name? Stanfelt. 
from uh, Thames it's Valley. It's been such a long time. We, 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 does, does, does he, he never answers our calls. Not even a pen friend Mis- anymore. Mr Lloyd and Mr Martins, they always respond and they always come in, whether it's good or bad news, they always come in, you respect that. I do feel a little bit guilty, but I also enjoyed it. Someone's changed the chairs in this studio. He sat on what was like a primary school chair. It was tiny. It was tiny. I wish I'd been clever enough to think of that myself and uh, sort it out for guests when they get to grilling. He, he, I mean, he's, a, he's a big fella. He virtually had his knees up to his ears then. I'm in quite a high chair. Power trips. We'll, we'll keep that in mind for the next time we get yeah. um, Tina Beloved in. <laughs> Do you think that'll ever happen? But, yeah, we've not spoken to her for ages. No, I miss her. I miss her. Let's get her in for something. Let's get her in for some fun, shall we? 08459 four double five five double five is the, it's right David Lloyd and Ollie Martins will always come in if we want to do a nice little puff piece of course they'll come in if we want to have a go at them because we found something out fair play they always come in uh, Thames Valley guy Anthony is it Stansfield or Stamfield Stansfield Anthony Stansfield never He's, we've had him on the phone once what what's his beef it's a long way. It is fair play. It's a long way to the uh, to the telephone. Oh eight four five nine four double five. Jonathan, come in now. I don't know when we're doing this because we've got to do World War One. Sorry. Hello. Do you not want me now? Well, no, I do. I do want you, but I don't know. I need to. I don't. Oh God, Mum's on the phone. Uh, can we do you <laughs> after half part? Is that all right? Bless you. Thank you. We're doing World War One today. Okay. Yes, it's World World, World War. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know what... Th- we're doing World War One today, and I don't quite know what the plan is. So I, I tell you what, let's just, let's just calm down. Let's do travel and see what happens. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound stop-start in patches between Newport Pagnell Services and Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. Thanks to Delia for phoning in with an update. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Also the A1M southbound, that's struggling at the moment between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice! Jonathan, if you're listening, we're going to do the news, then we're going to do um, horse ambulances from World War One, and then we're going to do you, if that's okay. You, but there's no rush. We've got about we've got about three and a half, four minutes. So you just take your time, fella. It's eight fifteen. Yes, I just called him fella. It's eight fifteen. It's Monday, the second of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire Police is denying that a new campaign to attract volunteers to the force is a way of getting cheap labour. The county's police federation say they welcome the strategy, but it shouldn't mask a fall in frontline officers. The owner of a controversial home in Barton in Bedfordshire, which was ordered to be demolished as it didn't have planning permission, has won his appeal. And in sport, England's footballers have arrived in Miami ahead of their world their two World Cup warm-up matches this week. They left Luton Airport yesterday afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There's lots of people around that we know. There's a really good sense of community. Inviting everyone to where you live. We've got the Lice High Street, which is really local, so everything you need, really. It's one of those places that has retained its character and will hopefully continue to do so for many, many years. And all this week, we're featuring Stony Stratford. It has character, life 
everything you could wish for. And you think you're in a village, but you're still in Milton Keynes. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. where people want to work together to make the best of what we have. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Stony Stratford, this is the place to be. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Wow, they've got robots. They've got robots living there. That's awesome. That's the place that, to be. That is that, and it's the place to be. Then it is definitely. Oh, is. come on! Let's not take the mickey out of people. We've asked for their comments. I thought it was a humanoid. <laughs> now it's been a hundred years since the. I'm joking. I mean, she sounds like an absolutely delightful um, uh, young uh, android. It's a hundred years since the start of the First World War. In partnership with Imperial War Museums, the BBC—that's us—has been looking at how local lives were affected in a project called World War One at Home. But it wasn't just men and women and children and ghosts who were involved. More than one million horses left Britain for the Western Front, with fewer than 65,000 returning home. They played an important role in the war effort, and in 1914, having predicted the sacrifices the animals would make, the Horse Trust decided to help out. Well, Tara Gungafoll has been to their headquarters in Speen in Buckinghamshire, but first, have a listen to an extract from what has been the poster campaign for Horses in the Great War, the book War Horse, written by St Albans author Michael Mulpergo. Out of the corner of my eye, I was aware of the glint of Captain Nichols's heavy sword. I felt his spurs in my side, and I heard his battle cry. I saw the grey soldiers ahead of us raise their rifles, and heard the death rattle of a machine gun. And then, quite suddenly, I found that I had no weight on my back anymore, and that I was alone in front of the squadron. Topthorn was no longer beside me, but with horses behind me, I knew there was only one way to gallop and that was forward. Blind terror drove me on, and with my flying stirrups whipping me into a frenzy. With no rider to carry, I reached the kneeling riflemen first, and they scattered as I came upon them. I ran on until I found myself alone and away from the noise of the battle, and I would never have stopped at all had I not found Topthorn once more beside me, with Captain Stewart leaning over to gather up my reins before leading me back to the battlefield. We had won, I heard it said but horses lay dead and dying everywhere. Through the eyes of a horse named Joey, the author Michael Morpurgo described the horror of conflict in the First World War in his book War Horse. Around a million horses left Britain for the Western Front, with fewer than 65,000 returning. Catherine Napper from the Horse Trust, which is based at Speen in Buckinghamshire, says the charity was ready to play its part in helping them. This is our archive. These are our account books dating back to 1886 and we've got uh, the first mention of the war here. It's the committee talking about the outbreak of the war and said the members of the society would welcome an opportunity of doing something to help the patient and faithful creatures whose lives were being sacrificed in the service of our country. This was at the point they decided to donate the motorised horse ambulance to the war office to help with the war efforts and to help those horses on the front line. In the first year, 2,000 horses were rescued. The war office was so pleased with the success that they commissioned 14 more vehicles and by the end of the war they'd helped many thousands of horses. This is our museum and we've got lots of artefacts, including this admissions book. One of the most interesting admissions is a horse called Santoy, who served in both the Boer War and World War I and was the first ever war horse to retire to the Home of Rest for Horses. 
We had another horse called Roger, and this is one of my favourite stories. Roger was a German officer's charger who was found wandering riderless on the battlefield of the Somme. A British officer captured him and went on to ride him for the remaining two years of the war. He was so grateful to Roger, who he said got him out of a number of sticky situations, that he paid for him to come back to England and live out his retirement at the home of Rest for Horses. If you'd like to find out more about our local stories from World War One at home, click on bbc.co.uk slash WW1. Uh, you'll be able to see and hear uh, how World War One changed life in beds, hearts and bucks and find hundreds more stories from across the UK. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> I thought they were texts. I thought they were texts that were coming through there. How are you doing, Cathy? Good? Yeah, fine. Yep, yep. yep. Kelsey, fine? Yeah. All right. I'm just... Why the suspicion? I'm just, I'm just you know, checking on the sisters. you're trying to feel our pain again. <laughs> are, Go you, on. are you all right? Yeah, I'm great. You look a bit tired. I, I am. Yeah. I had a four-hour doze yesterday, and that just completely muffed up everything for me. The whole week is going to be out of sync because of that four hours. Oh, you had four hours oh. to yourself on your own asleep. Yep, I feel yep. so sorry for you. Yep, yep. It's a hard Story. knock life. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I don't, I'm annoyed that that person texted in and thought we were condoning people bunking off work. Listen, listen, clean out your lug holes and have a listen, you plum. I don't think people should have time off work or flexibility because of the World Cup. You, Dave, you... I've got to stop almost swearing on radio because that... Um, one day it's going to pop out. Well, one day it did pop out and, boy, did I get in a lot of trouble. That was a long time ago. What uh, you could do is just stop swearing yep. but replace the swear words with other words. OK. Like egg... You massive egg, Dave. Good. We'll do that from now on. I've got a sensible question. Oh, go ahead. That I think our sensible listeners would be able to answer. Yeah, go, go. Uh, this is from Phil the Fruit. Put your, phone, put your phones down a second, guys. I know you're all this Russians is... calling. Put your phone down for a second, because there'll be a new question for it's you. It's a specialist question. OK. So one person might lift the phone receiver, and that'll be a good thing. Yeah. Phil phone the receiver, fruit. you're so old. This is the sort of person we want. Yeah. Someone who has the authority to have both a dialing bit and a receiving bit. All right, get to the question now. Yeah? Fill the fruit. Ian, can I... <laughs> Dialing bit and a what bit? <laughs> you, mean, you mean one of those phones where you hold the bit to your ear and then you hold it, you speak into a trumpet? Yes. Luton... Hello? <laughs> Ian, can I still be a PCSO if I have a small criminal record? What have you done, Kath? It's not me. Oh, it's his fill, fill the fruit. fruit. Yeah. says, only one silly offence. I'd kind of like to know what that was. Was he, was he smoking hippie crack? He's not been charged with anything. About 20 years ago, I think I'd suit the uniform. Well, I mean, listen, you can certainly buy those uniforms from uh, from lots of uh, specialist boutiques. Yeah, but if you go out handing tickets out, that's an offence. I don't want to... Oh, yeah, don't do that. Uh, but the ones from the boutiques have got those trousers you can... Whoosh, just whip them off. I don't think they're standard. No, no, they should be. They should be. It's like the police have clip-on ties. You know why they have clip-on ties, don't you? So if you try to throttle them, you can't. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to strangle you, copper. Oh, the ties come off my hand. Let's all have a laugh as you bundle me in the back of a, a, a truck. And they should do the same thing with the trousers. Do police wear ties now? They should, if they don't, I don't think they do. Broken Britain, but if some imagine if a, a tiny robber, like I don't know a midget or a child, tried to grab a policeman by the trousers, 
to bring could him happen, down. It could, it could happen. But they're wearing the... It just goes like that. What are you going to do now, crook? Again, Quick, the element of surprise. Yeah, exactly. They, they will be so um, shocked and surprised that you could bundle them to the ground. And let's be honest, if a man in just his pants is bundling you to the ground, you do as you're told. I've never had it happen, but I imagine that would be the case. Sadly, I have. I like your mind. <laughs> come, come inside. Take a, take a step inside one day and Thank I'll, you. I'll show you around. Speaking of minds, Dave and Luton. When are you going to get one, Dave? What's that, mine? Yeah. Yeah, it's here. What? It's here. It's here in the air, in, in the garden. Good for you, Dave. What have you got for us? Right, 95% of televisions have got a little red button called record. Sorry? 95% of televisions have got a little bit button called record? No, they don't. No, they don't. Well... No, they don't. I don't know any televisions that have got a little bit of button called record. Don't you? No TVs have a little bit of button called record. None. On their channel changer. Yeah, that, not on the. It's not the TV that does the recording, no. Dave. Okay, okay, yeah. On, start on again. The, start again. But this right. time makes sense. On the little um, channel changer, there's a little button called record. Record. Well, it depends. Three, it depends. Not on the TV. Uh, not on the. Not on the TV remote control. There isn't. There is. It's on mine. Not on. No, that's. But that's not your. That's not the remote control that came with your TV. It is. No, it's not. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it is. Well, it isn't. It is. I've got two controllers. Yeah, we, the, and the one that came with the TV does not have a little bit of button on it called record. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Oh, well, well you say it doesn't, you're, I say it doesn't. Well, no, but it doesn't. You're thinking of either your Skybox, your Virgin Box, or your Freeview Box. Oh, yeah, well, we've got to go on into this, over here. No, we're well, going to go. I just want to talk facts with you, Dave. Yeah, the control just, that you've got with oh, the TV does not oh. have a little bit of button called record on it. The one oh. you've got with the Sky or the, the, the Freeview does. All oh, right, well, all I'm drawing down to, instead of these people having time off of work, they just push the little button and record... The football, England playing, whoever they are, and then they, they have to record it. Then they, they, then they, yeah. then they have to avoid life for the rest of the day. Oh, life all over football. Well, I'll tell you what, England will be kept flying home in about two weeks' time. Oh, they, yeah, definitely, that's going to happen because they're, they're, well, they're, 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 the point you're making, if I've got this right, is they're not very good. No, yeah. it's the same as the cricket club. Yeah, in, the cricket England club. Cricket. The England cricket club. Well, it is the England Cricket Club, it, isn't it? It is the England Cricket Club. Yeah, well, so what are you going on? What are you beefing on about? <laughs> oh, Dave, it's lovely to talk to you. What, Kath? What are you beefing on about? I'm not beefing. <laughs> Paul's, Paul's in Biggles' way. Paul, what are you beefing on about? Uh, my television doesn't have a record button either. So you I must be one of you. you must be one of the five percent then, because according to Dave Luton, ninety-five percent of televisions have a bit of button called record. Yeah, and um, one program I wouldn't be recording anyway would be all this stuff about World War One. Oh, go on. Because uh, I don't know you've just mentioned it on on here, and um, yeah, I'm I'm fed up with programs oh. about the war, and I, and I don't know why we should keep having them. I think it's time that we actually forgot about the war oh, and right. not kept going on about it. The First World War was was nearly a hundred years ago. It, was, it, like, it, was, it wasn't nearly. It was a hundred years ago. That's well, why we're going okay. on about it. Well, well, it's just, now this would be a good time then to stop thinking about it and going on about it. Well, no, hang on, uh, surely a hundred years, if it's, if it's the centenary of the start of, of World War One, surely that's a really good time to start thinking about it instead of stopping the, thinking about it. 
No, we should stop thinking about it. The, um, well, hang on, the BBC. I, most people the, don't think about it, so maybe we should start to think about it now instead of stopping thinking about it. Well, obviously, I don't, I don't agree with you. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to trip me up locally here. I'm not tripping but, anyone up locally. OK. Or vocally. I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is, a uh, hundred years ago... Yeah. There's, there's no, let's face it, I doubt if there's anybody still alive right. that, um, that lived or fought in the First World War. Right. And we, we should forget about it. Same, same with the Second World War. Yeah. It's, 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 why do we have to keep harping no. back to this you know what? and keep going on and on and on about the blinking war when, when we should just forget about it? We, I mean, we, don't, go right. about the ba- we don't go on about the... I don't know, the Battle of Trafalgar anymore. No, we? you're right. We should, we should, no, you're right. We should, we should not bother to learn any lessons from history. You're right, oh, absolutely right. Well, no, we can learn it as, as history, but we oh. don't have to keep having. We'd have to think about it, though, wouldn't we? We don't have to keep having TV programmes and radio programmes going keep, on and on about it. We're not, we're not keeping having radio programmes and TV. It's not like every, every year there's like, oh, blimmin' it, there's another series about World War One. It is because it's the centenary. We should stop having Christmas, shouldn't we? Because Jesus was born like 2014 years ago. So well, it, it, it was a lot. It, we should forget it. It was so long ago. If you're going to get me on that subject, let's face it. There was never anybody called. There was never anybody lived no. who who was Jesus. I mean, there is wow. no Jesus. There is no God. So, Paul, can yeah, I that you? whole the whole religious thing is just a just a big um, well, it's a complete load of nonsense. I like the uh, seriously, Paul. I'm, I'm giving you a hard time because I know you can take this grilling, and I like your way of thinking. Can I ask you one more question? You may. Who flew those planes into the twin towers? Um, it, wasn't it uh, some bunch of terrorists, okay. Al Qaeda or something? Okay, so you don't think it was a conspiracy by the American government? I don't think it was. No, absolutely oh, not. Okay, fine. We, th- th- that's where we park horses there. He's 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 got okay. He's got a point. It was a hundred years ago. We should stop thinking about it now. Old news. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do you think Paul is right that we should stop thinking about World War One? Or should we, like, try and learn as many lessons as we can from history so that we don't repeat the same mistakes? Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you. (laughs) Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Bedford, Bromham Road is queuing towards the centre of town from around Biddenham. Also, the A1M southbound still looking really slow between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. In Kings Langley, the A41 queuing as you approach the M25. Then the M25 itself slow going anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. M1 London bound still really struggling. Stop start between the Newport Pagnell services and Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Harfordshire's police commissioner says a new campaign to attract volunteers is not policing on the cheap. The scheme coincides with National Volunteers Week. The county's police federation has given a cautious welcome. Police in Portugal have taped off a large section of scrubland in Praia de Luz, the resort where Madeleine McCann disappeared just over seven years ago. It's expected a search of the area will begin later today. And the owner of a controversial seven-bedroom home in Barton in Bedfordshire, which was ordered to be demolished, as it didn't have planning permission, has won his appeal. 
Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's footballers have arrived in Miami ahead of their two World Cup warm-up matches this week. They left Luton Airport yesterday afternoon. Ian Dennis is with the team. When Roy Hodgson named his squad of 23 last month, Phil Jones was the only worry with a shoulder problem. Like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Jones wasn't included in the matchday squad versus Peru on Friday. It was merely a precautionary measure, and both are in line to start against Ecuador on Wednesday. There will be wholesale changes, as Hodgson plans to start those that didn't last week. There is a squad of 25 here in Miami, but both John Stones and John Flanagan will fly home after England's stay in the United States. Arsenal won yesterday's Women's FA Cup final in Milton Keynes with a 2-0 victory over Everton in front of 15,000 fans at Stadium MK. Andy Murray will play Fernando Vadasco in the last 16 of the French Open today. Yesterday, Murray beat Philip Kohlschreiber 12-10 in the deciding set after the match was carried over into a second day. Roger Federer, though, is out. Watford's unbeaten Olympic champion Anthony Joshua could fight Bedford veteran Matt Skelton in his next professional fight. Joshua stopped Milton Keynes' Matt Leg in the first round in the first fight on the Frotch Groves undercard at Wembley on Saturday. Here's Leg's trainer, Mervyn Turner. You know, Matt Skelton's a rough, tough boxer. Mm. And um, although he's getting on in years, he, he will give Joshua... A, a, a good test um, because I'd like to see Joshua's team chin tested. And Paralympic gold medalist Hannah Cockcroft set a new world record at the Bedford International Games yesterday. Her record came in the wheelchair 1500 metres as she finished fifth in a mixed race. Elsewhere, there were wins for Milton Keynes duo Joey Duck and Rachel Gibbons in the women's 200 metres and pole vault, whilst Nigel Levine returned to his hometown to win the 400 metres. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. Uh, this is Ian Lee. Yeah. BBC Three Counties Whoa. Radio. Are you sure? Jonathan, are you sure you're not a dad? What do you mean? Because that was full-on dad dancing you were doing. Oh, yes. That was full-on dad dancing to the jingle. It's, uh, it's a crying shame I'm not a father. Oh, you'd make a really, uh, let's be honest, a terrible one. Do, do you reckon I would? Yeah. yeah. Why? Uh, because you don't like children. That, I mean, that's the, that's reason number one. There are others. We'll stop there. No, I, I like nice children. Yes. I don't like horrible children. No. If I had horrible children... Yeah. Oh, I'd... Oh, no. I Most children good. are horrible to a certain extent. Really? Yeah. I mean, I had my uh, eldest trying to put his willy in my ear the other night. Oh, my God. Do, do you know... That's what we're dealing with. I mean, Kath doesn't have boys, so... No, and I, I have nice, well-mannered children, as Jonathan knows. We, ex- Catherine and I exchanged videos last night of, of <laughs> bedtime, of our children's bedtime. Right. And my bedtime is my two boys, four and two. Um, uh, one of them put a spell on the other one so that he was a monster, and it involved him r- running around the ground. Ah! Ah! Jonathan, it was ghastly. They were jumping off the furniture. They were climbing oh, on the no. bedside cabinet. You let them climb on the furniture? They, I could, he was a monster with a spell on him. And the other one is then chasing him with a magic wand trying to break the spell. Catherine sent me a video, and it's one of, one of her girls asleep and the other one in the top bunk reading very quietly to herself. Well, different parenting uh, styles, obviously. <laughs> are you one of those... Are you, are you one of those parents who believes, you know, just let children express themselves and be real free and easy? I can't control... I can't control them! I can't stop them! I cannot stop them! 
Where Nothing a sound an... thrashing wouldn't sort out. I want to get a, a Velcro wall and a Velcro suit and then just chuck <laughs> them up there and say, right, well, you stay there until you've calmed down. That would be good, actually, wouldn't it? Iron fist velvet glove, it's the only way. Sorry? Mm. Catherine? That's my technique. For what? Everything. Do, are your children not a bit terrified of you? No, they have, they have no Mine respect. Are. They have no respect really? for me. Yeah. Her children are terrified of me. Yeah. I, all, all parents yeah. should be a bit terrifying. Yeah. You reckon? Yes. This is your, your, your school I was, of teaching. I was round at, round at my friend's the other day, and her yeah. little girl uh, knocked her glass of water over at the table. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I was like, you, you can see a child's reaction. She, she knocked the glass over, and she, she, her head spun round to her mouth. She went, oh, sorry, mummy, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's quite right. She's just a little bit terrified, as it should be. <laughs> right, what have you got? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Your thoughts on that? What have you got on your show today, please? Coming up on the big phone in today, we're talking about Mr. Shah's big house, his big extent. What? <laughs> you make it sound like a um, like what? an extravaganza. Mr. Shah's big house live in concert. Well. On on the big phone in today, I'm yep. asking: Is it right that Mr. Shah can keep his enormous house the way it is, a seven-bedroom home in Barton Clay with an inappropriate extension, will no longer be demolished after an unclear council order was deemed invalid? Central Bedfordshire Council issued an enforcement order on Said Raza Shah's house over an alleged breach of planning permission. You know this; you've been talking about it. Yeah, this yeah, it's an impressive build. A planning inspector quashed the notice due to insufficient sufficient clarity but the council said it was surprised and disappointed by the decision well we have before and after pictures on our facebook page here at bbc three counties radio and from nine i'd love your calls on this is it right that mr shah can keep his enormous house the way it is he was granted permission for a 45 percent increase in the square footage of his property yep the council say that what he actually built was 200% increase on the square footage, and they said that really amounted to a whole new house, really. It does look very different. It does look different. Mm. Better, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I would say, Before, I would say, yes. it was an ugly... It looks like, from the pictures I've seen, it looks like a flat roof. Yeah. Looks ugly. Yeah. Now, it's not my style. No. Bit nouveau riche. Yes. But... Tacky. It's, well, um, but it's better. It's a better house. So is it right that Mr Shah can keep his enormous house the way it is? Never mind the planning permission, never mind what happened. Mm. Ultimately, he's improved the house. So should he be able to keep it? This morning from nine, I'd love your views. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, dear. Clive's in Luton. Morning, Clive. Morning, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Clive. What would you like to say? Well, the, the other gentleman was quite right. I'm not sure about the percentage he said, but I have two televisions at home, which yeah. are Panasonic, yeah. and they both have direct record to the TV. What? What? And that's not the, that's, that's not the skyboxes you were talking about. It is direct to the you know Panasonic controllers Hang on, a on minute. the TV. So, but can the, so can the television can record? Yeah. We've, got, we've fallen down the rabbit hole. We've, we've walked through the looking glass. This is insane here, Clive. When did this happen? Oh, well, one of them's quite old, to be honest. So it's at least uh, eight to ten years ago. Where do you put the cassette? No, no, no. It's, it must be to, something to do with the hard drive, because it just oh. records it straight to the... Oh. 
and you just got to pick it up and I, then go okay. from there. Well, this is new te- technology to me. I can't believe it's 95%, though. I'll give you 12%. Well, I dare say there's not 95% of owners that have got uh, Panasonic TV, so I quite agree with that. Do you know how to set the timer on it, or do you have to get the kids round? <laughs> I have to get the kids around. Yeah. <laughs> well, Clive, I appreciate you clearing that up. Thank you very much. I've not heard about that, Kath. No, have I? What's this Jetsons technology that we're not privy to? Just have you heard about this? No, it's news to me. The TV... So it's not, it's not a Sky. It's not a, a U-view or a Virgin Box. It's not a, a free view. Or a top loader. Or a top loader. No. Mm. How does the telly know what the Sky Box is watching? But the telly doesn't necessarily have a Sky. You just record it on the telly. Hey, this listen, don't bonkers. talk to me about technology. The password on my phone was 123456. Yeah. No, change yeah. it now. Yeah, change it now. What, what yeah. is it now? No, I'm not telling you. 69, 69, 69. <laughs> Might be. Okay, thanks very much indeed. <laughs> uh, Justin. Yes, boss. England. England. Yeah. The World Cup is coming. Football. Yes. England. <laughs> Come on, you blues. White. White. Well, no. I don't think you can say that anymore, Justin. Yes. What, so what? What uh, we've been asking whether people should be... Should bosses show compassion and flexibility when it comes to uh, the World Cup and allow their staff to maybe take some time off, come in late, have a TV in the office? I say no. Oh, you're a Harsh man. Yeah, so no, you're working. You've got a job. Do your job. Uh, lots of talk about this in the papers. You know what? It's not rocket science, this. If you want to be a good boss, you want to look after your staff, correct? I'm saying this morning, and I stand by this, I'm not saying this for effect, if you don't accommodate your staff to watch the England games we're talking about here, the England games, your country, okay. you are a bad boss. So supposing you've got Polish people working for you, you've got um, Iranian people working for you, you've got Indian people working for you yes. and their national teams are playing in the World Cup you deny them the pleasure no not at all not at all because you know the England game you've got three games in the group stage okay the first game's a sassy night kickoff that kicks off at 11 o'clock um, Uruguay is on the 19th that's a 7pm kickoff so the game that, that could affect staff is the last group game against Costa Rica that's on uh, Tuesday the 24th of June that's a 5 o'clock kickoff I'm not saying give your staff the day off work all I'm saying is you need to accommodate. Let them come in early, let them leave early, or have a TV in the office. It's totally unfair I'm to expect your staff to carry on as normal when your country are playing in the World Cup. Uh, Justin, I'm Spanish, as you know, and I'm very proud yeah. of my Spanish heritage. <laughs> yes. Should I have a TV in here so I can watch Spain playing the yes. whole time? No! Hey, listen, put it out there to bosses. There won't be a single boss, a single decent boss, who is no. not doing something to accommodate their staff to watch the England games during the World Cup. You've been uh, gathering the ever-valuable um, uh, thoughts of the people on the yeah. street this morning. What have they had to say? <laughs> yes, I've been talking about uh, England, the World Cup. Are they allowed to watch it? Here's what people had to say. Shwain, what's your boss saying to you about the England game? The one in particular... That the Costa Rica game, five o'clock kickoff. What's he saying? Are you allowed to watch it? Absolutely, of course we are. You say of course. It's a World Cup. It comes every four years. So, um, no, we're going to have to watch it, aren't we? I was allowed to change jobs. So that conversation's already happened. He's saying, what, you coming to work early that day? Or? Uh, no, just have to make up for it uh, on another day if, if need be. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a World Cup. It's a huge thing, isn't it? I'm saying to Ian that if you don't accommodate your staff during a World Cup, you're a bad boss. That's it, I yeah. think I think you're going to go along with that, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, Glenn, the World Cup, um, you've been told no flags on the vans. Yeah, that's right, not allowed flags on the vans. <laughs> could offend customers, doesn't look very professional. Hang on a minute, could offend customers? It could offend customers, yeah. There's certain minorities around Luton that don't appreciate flags, especially the St George's flag. 
Wow, that's interesting. Um, what about the games themselves? There are three games coming up. I think the Costa Rica game will affect most staff. That's a five o'clock kickoff in the afternoon. Are you allowed to watch the game? I will be personally, yes. Yeah, I will be allowed. What's been your experience in the past of, of World Cups with previous bosses? Previous bosses used to let us finish early. We, as long as we got our work done, we were allowed to leave early, including the manager himself left early uh, for the last World Cup, and we all got to enjoy the game. Everyone works hard, gets the job done. There's no reason why you shouldn't be allowed to go home early. And by your boss doing that, I'm sure that long-term it made you work harder for him, almost respect him more because he was looking after you. Yeah, you could say that. I didn't like you very much, but <laughs> it did help. It did help. Yeah, I, I think so. I haven't had a proper chat with him yet, but I know my boss is also very patriotic. So I think, you know, no matter what's going on, we'll probably drop tools and sort of <laughs> make sure we make time to go and see the games, whatever time they're on. I mean, you're feeling pretty confident about watching the games there. I, I'm saying to Ian this morning, back in the studio, I'm saying that, that any boss who, who doesn't accommodate their staff to watch their country play during the World Cup, it's once every four years, for goodness sake, they're a bad boss. Would yeah. you go along with that? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, if you don't let your staff find the time, Time to you know get behind their country at an important, important time where especially like the World Cup is one of the only times where the whole country gets together and you get a real good sense of community and you know everyone unites it like I think it's very important for everybody to sort of you know, to do that travel news for beds cards and bugs BBC three counties radio the A1M northbound, very slow from the M25 up to Junction 2 for North Mims. Also the southbound A1M struggling between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. The M25 anti-clockwise, we've got delays between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. And the M1 Londonbound is still struggling with stop-start traffic between Newport Pagnell Services and Junction 10 for Luton. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Alice! Late 46, it's Monday the 2nd of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, we were just playing a game to see who could keep their tongue out the longest, weren't we, Kels? You lost. I did lose. I did. Kels, what were you doing under the table? I think she'd given up hope. What was it? What's your beef? What's, what, what, I'm your not beef coming is? out until you put those away. <laughs> got really dry, didn't it? It gets very dry. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that at all. What a fascinating little bit of um, science there. These are your headlines. Hertfordshire's police commissioner says a new campaign to attract volunteers is not policing on the cheap. The scheme coincides with National Volunteers Week. The county's police federation has given a cautious welcome. The owner of a controversial home in Barton in Bedfordshire denies he's got away with it after winning his appeal against refusal of planning permission. And in sport, England's footballers have arrived in Miami ahead of their two World Cup warm-up matches this week. They left Luton Airport yesterday afternoon. Coming up, we'll take your calls for the last few minutes of the show 08459 455 555 let's get the weather here's kate beds hearts and bucks weather bbc three counties radio Good morning. It is a rather cloudy start to the new working week. We've had a band of rain move through. We've got some brightness now, actually. You can see a uh, blue sky behind the cloud, but 
clouds not very far away. It's going to fill in quite quickly as we head through the morning. We could see some showers develop, some fairly heavy ones through the afternoon. The air is quite humid, though. It's from the southwest, but it is moist. The maximum temperature getting up to a warm 19 Celsius later on today. Sunsets um, at around nine minutes past 21. When it does, we're going to hang on to the cloud overnight tonight. Also, one or two spots of rain overnight, too. Perhaps some mist developing, particularly over higher ground. Minimum temperature down to 12 Celsius, 54 degrees in Fahrenheit. Tomorrow, a similar sort of day, but we should see a little more in the way of sunshine. But in turn, that's going to spark off some more heavy showers, particularly tomorrow afternoon. Maximum temperature, though, 18 Celsius, 64 degrees in Fahrenheit. Kate? Yeah? How long can you keep your tongue out for? Oh, ages. Excellent. I haven't put it in my mouth all morning. Oh, dear. There's an image. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so complicated. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Kathy, you look a bit sad. What's what's going on? Um, well, let's just rerun the fun. Well, not literally. In the last ten minutes, yeah. You both bullied <laughs> me by having your tongues out. Well, that's no, hang on a second. I take exception to that word, tongues. You could have joined in. <laughs> no. Where was the bullying? Ke- Kelly said, "How long can because you keep I, your tongue out for?" That's anywhere, a challenge. You were both doing it in my general direction. <laughs> I was my pinioned. Bit was the noise. Uh, it gets really dry really quickly. I wonder if it would um, just shrivel up and snap. Well, I, would, I was hoping that was going to happen. And then oh. and then you start talking about football chants and let's have a football chant after you know the Christmas time, la 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 la. I, I can, sore point. Do you know how I can tell you're properly upset and annoy, upset, annoyed with us? You're not looking... At, that's the first no, time you looked look at me. I can't look at you. I'm so furious. You're looking ahead at the screen. You're doing a Matt Lockwood where he's actually reading a script. You're, you can't look at us out of fury. I'm trying to control my rage. Football time. Da 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 da. It's football time. Da 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 da. It's football time. Da 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 da. We should probably put the word England in there as well. Hey, Golod! Yeah. Excellent stuff indeed. Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Oh, that's a very deep voice. Glenn, what, what can you do? What, what would you like to say to us this morning? When you were talking about remote what, control. What can you do? Yes. Um, most TV manufacturers made a remote control that was multifunction. So if you had the same brand video recorder or DVD player, yeah. you could use the record functions. That's what they were. They were always at the bottom of the remote control. Right, I've got a really nice TV, and when I bought it, it cost me a blooming fortune, right? Yeah. It has not got a, rem- a, rem- a record button on it. No, I mean, there are TVs now that do have a little hard drive in there and a menu, so you can just set your TV like you can set your skybox. All right, Glenn, stay there. Bob Bob in Welling, have you called in to back this up? Uh, Yes, because I've got the Panasonic TV and recorder, and the TV controller allows you to control the recorder. There's nothing in the TV because it's four or five years old that you can record onto. But the link 
the Panalink or whatever it's called the allows the TV controller to control the Panasonic recorder. Uh, so, Glenn and Bob, what you're basically phoning in to say is that I'm wrong and Dave Luton is right. Well, your Correct. TV might be new. Your, your TV might be newer than mine. No, All mine, I can say yeah. is that mine has that button to control the recorder on the TV controller. Bob, Glenn, I, I, I'm saying thank you, but inside I'm cursing and I'm, I'm crying a little bit as well. Very rarely that Dave Luton gets one over on me. Today, he got one over on me. Last ten minutes of the show, give us a call. Should I, I am surprised by Dealey's attitude, a man I um, begrudgingly respect. But he genuinely thinks you should have time off from work whilst you're watching the World Cup. Hang on a second. That guy's nearly 40. When you're working, you have responsibilities. You have responsibilities to your uh, employer, to the company, to the colleague, your colleagues, to society, to be a productive member of that team. So then to expect your boss to say, I tell you what, there's an England game on tonight. Well, yeah, come in. Instead of coming in at nine, you can all come in at midday. Or do you know what, guys? We're going to get. Um, we're going. I'm going to get a flat screen TV. We're going to put it in the office. I'll get a few cans of Stella in, maybe some buds, some crisps, and we'll. No, no, you've got a job. You've got a job. You should be doing it. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Earlier on in the show as well, I threw out the uh, the comment. You'll never find a boss called Adrian. Adams in Hemel. Morning, Adam. Morning, Ian. I'm, How right. Are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm right on this as well, aren't I? No, you're not. My mum's uh, oh. manager is called Adrian. <laughs> well, 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 now we say manager, uh, Adam. What, what kind of industry is he in? Uh, it's a supermarket, and I believe he's the store manager. Oh, flipping heck! So he's he's actually the boss, isn't he? Yeah, he's a big boss. Is he? Okay, all right, fair play. He's called Adrian. Is he any good? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, you see, that's the que- that's the question, isn't it? Adrian yeah. is not... There are some names. Adam. Boom! Adam, yeah. the first man! That's yeah, a powerful, strong name. Adrian. You know, it's a bit... Oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm called Adrian. Do you, do you want well, a sandwich? Yeah, but also, that guy said that they. that's because they... Call your name in order, alphabetical yeah. order. Yeah. And they do it by your last name, not your first name. Adam, you've, you, you've picked me up on what should have been a basic point. I appreciate that. Thank you very much indeed. You're right. Kath, you said something in my ear then that, which uh, was, was inappropriate. What did you say? Well, that you weren't having a very good day. Yeah, you said, like, you're not having a good day, my friend. <laughs> my friend. I can't help enjoying this moment. Enjoy what moment? Of the listeners ramming it home. The- <laughs> Let's have another one. Dave, oh, Dave Luton. No, 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 no. Ray, Ray, Ray. I've got one over here. I'll have the apologies tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. The only thing you've got on me, Dave, yeah, in the yeah. two year, nearly two years I've been working here, yes. is that some TV remote controls, and we still don't know the exact figures, some TV remote controls have a bit of a record button on it. That's the That's only right. thing you've got. No, I've got, I've got, you, I've got it on many things of you, I, but you won't. You, you won't haven't got it on any it. things of me. Yeah, no, you won't admit to it. Because you, you know, haven't I'll done got, it. No, I have. da Dave, it's yes? uh, it's uh, an absolute pleasure to allow you to allow you to get one over on me. 
Right, yeah, well, I'll get more on you yet, mate. You've got more coming yet. See you later. See you later, Dave. Yeah, bye. Tutty bye. Tutty bye. How's that humble pie tasting? Do you know why it's called humble pie? Yeah, I can't remember. No, I can't remember again. We had this the other day. I can't remember again. It's not humble, is it? No, it's humble. Humble. And it was full of old... uh, Oh, lips and... um, Thingies. Anyway, chow down, my friend. (laughs) Chow down on this. (laughs) Which one do you want, left or right? Neither. Okay. Because if you you, you pick one and Kel's going to have the other. Thank you. You're welcome. Which one do you want, Kels? I'll have right. Okay. Oh, left again. There we go. You see, well done. I don't listen. I don't mind. I'm not one of these. I'm not like um, who's that plum that never admits he's right and he cuts people off. Gaunty. I'm not a gaunty figure. I'm a, I'm a gentleman that if I'm if I'm wrong on the radio, a gentleman. If I'm if I'm wrong on the radio, I will admit it. And okay, there are some televisions that have got a bit of a record button on the remote control. That's great. That's great news. I'm too busy um, studying world politics, the situation in the Sudan, and um, sports to be bothered about such trivialities. Name me three football players. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? No, you can't have that one. What a pie. That was a freebie. All right. um, The Saint and Greavesy, that's two. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with that, Catherine? They're two footballers. They've got to still be practising the football. Well, who knows what they get up to in their their spare time. Okay, I can do that. Um, uh, Mr Venables? No, 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 no. You've got to name three... Current football players. I can totally do that. Who's the lanky robot who's got that We're not uh, fit you, girlfriend? We know, we know, we know footballers. That's his wife. Huh? That's hmm? his wife. Okay, he's got a fit girlfriend. They're married. Abby Clancy's husband. What? He's called. Is. You know the wag, but not the uh, waggy. I can see his face. He's in the advert. Is he wearing a name badge? <laughs> I'm trying to scan his chest to see if I can see a name badge. I'm doing a visual cue. I know, I know who he is. Peter Crouch? Yes, well done, with a clue. No, there was no clue there, Peter Crouch. I was mouthing Crouch. I can, um, um, Don't, why are you looking at the back pages of the paper? I'm not looking at the back pages oh, of the news... New hair. Huh? New hair catalogue's wife. Wayne Rooney? There you go. And who's the fella that always, he's, he's the joke, he always um, pops up in his football kit winning a trophy, even though he's not won a trophy. Oh, yeah. John Terry. <laughs> Three footballers. Two of whom you only knew because of their wives. Bring on, bring it on, Five Live. I've learned, I've listened, I am in there. I seriously, I cannot wait for the World Cup, though. We're going we're to have so much fun on this show. We've got some real, uh, we've got some great World Cup giveaways and some great uh, World Cup, we're going to have a World Cup quiz. Uh, we're going to do a show from the uh, local football stadium. We're going to have a kick around. We're going to have a kick around in the car park. <laughs> we're going to have a kick around in the office. We're going to have a kick around in the studio. We're going to have a kick, kick around on air. Lots of great fun. Uh, Kicking around. We're going to have some kick, we're going to have a kick around. We've got some great... Time. We're going to play the, the best and the worst football song, World Cup songs. Your pick of the best and the worst World Cup songs. Are we doing that? We're going to have a, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you'll be joining us uh, throughout the... Can I be excused? No. Throughout the two or three weeks of the... Three or four... Three weeks of the t- football tournament that is the World Cup. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Halton Regis, the A5 heavy going in both directions at the moment. Also the A1M southbound slow going around Junction 7 for Stevenage. The northbound A1M very slow from the M25 to Junction 2 for North Mims. 
and the M25 anti-clockwise still slow going between junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. We've also still got some delays on the M1 London bound, heavy in patches between the Newport Pagnell services and junction 10 for Luton Airport. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much, and I hope you'll be taking part in uh, our World Cup fun. We've got a few ideas. Uh, we're going to get you to read out the traffic in the style of a World Cup football announcer um, thing. So that's really going to be... Um, it needs a bit more... more, more uh... JBS is up next. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, is it right that Mr Shah can keep his enormous house the way it is? A seven 